Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 266. I am Peter and joining me once again as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Connor's not here. He had to skip this week, but uh, Matt is back and that is kind of cool and exciting because uh, because of uh, plans you had for a couple of weeks last month, you were missing for uh, two Infinite Frontier issues, so it's actually yep. kind of exciting to see what you think uh, of that up until yeah. then. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh-huh. Plus, I think you also missed last month's Rorschach. So, yeah. yeah, again, lots to talk about there. So, good stuff. Um, I had to sit and talk about it on my own, and Connor just sat there like a, the little ginger at shit least, that he at is. At least when you talk about stuff, I try to engage. I don't engage with his because <laughs> it's Connor, but, you know. Because it's um, Connor. Yeah. Well, that's the reason. But this is a DC Comics podcast. We get together, we talk about the books we've read. And coming up on this week's show, we have Infinite Frontier issues four. I was going to say zero there. Issue four. Uh, we have Detective Comics 1041. I am Batman issue zero. Batman Urban Legends issue six. Batman 89 issue one. Rorschach issue 11. And uh, the Joker issue six, which is a Patreon book, but it's also new this week as well. So uh, that works out nicely. Now that's back up to date. Uh, and that's the, that's the books we'll be talking about, but it is also Solicits Week. So buckle in for November Solicits. And there's a lot of interesting things in there. There's also a bit of big news to go along with that as well which is separate from the solicits so uh, it should be an interesting show all all things considered uh, so that's what's happening that's what's happening yes excellent i, I shan't waste time then because i imagine we're no. going to talk a lot about various things that are going on uh so that said though don't worry no matter how big solicits are no matter how much news there is no matter how many books there may be to get through There'll always be time for everyone's favourite segment. And that's the Comixology Top 10. Man. <laughs> do you know, that shit, Connor, because of his schedule and because you couldn't uh-huh. do last week, we had to record on Wednesday for two weeks in a row, which was insane, <laughs> right? It was insane recording that early in the week. And it meant that the the, the, the top 10 on Comixology was really weird because yeah. it clearly wasn't counting Wednesday's figures because none of the new Marvel books were there yet. But all the DC books weren't doing that well, like, compared to normal. And it, it really made us question, like, exactly how much time does it include and how does it update? Because I'm looking at this top 10 here, and DC are doing really well. And clearly, obviously, all the Marvel books will be counted by now. Oh. So I think it's fair to say that checking it on a Wednesday is not that good a, uh, you know, a, a metric to go by. Uh, yeah, Friday, Saturday seems to be a much better time when we're recording this on Saturday uh, this week mm-hmm. for, for everyone who's curious. Uh, so yeah, number one is a DC book, Matt. Would you care to uh, guess? Hey, just leave them there. <laughs> <laughs> Would Matt's wife care to guess? No, she doesn't care. <laughs> uh, it, it's Infinite Frontier. It's not, no. Damn it. Oh, yeah, another one? <laughs> yeah, I'll always go for a bat book, Matt. If there's a bat book, yeah, I know, guess. but I don't want to. My instinct won't let me. <laughs> is it detective? It actually isn't. No, no. Um, Batman eighty nine. Yes, Batman eighty uh, number one. I guess. And I know this because my shop is all out of them. They oh, didn't have any. Doing so. well, is it? Well, I guess people are no, curious. No, they under ordered because they didn't think it was going to be as hot. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So that's number one. Uh, number two is a Marvel book. It is X-Force 22. But it, this is a really relatively DC healthy top ten. Uh, Detective yeah. Comics uh, comes in at number three. 
Infinite Frontier comes out at number four. And uh, then we're back to we've got a Star Wars book um, from Marvel at number five. It's uh, the High Republic issue eight. And then Daredevil's at number six. And so then we're back to DC with Rorschach at number seven. Batman Urban Legends at number eight, which is impressive given it's a you know an $8 anthology style book. Uh, Defenders issue one, which is uh, issue one of five, so many series. Uh, that's at number nine. And number 10 is Batman The Adventures Continues uh, season two. So... Uh, and then just right after that, 11 and 12 are Wonder Woman and Joker. So, yeah, DC very well represented at the, the mm, top yes. end of this this uh, sales chart this week. So, uh, That's yeah, good. How much they can play about? Obviously, a lot of Marvel and stuff after that, but uh, mm-hmm. you'd expect that. There's not, there's not a lot of DC left. Um, so, no, that's neat. That's neat. Um, so, yeah. Hey, you see Quick and Painless. Every, hey, Connor and Matt always love to complain, but it's so Quick and Painless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, sorry, guys. I'm on four hours of sleep here. It was Friday the 13th yesterday. Yeah, I watched a lot of movies and ate a lot of junk. So, you say that as if most people actually celebrate Friday the 13th. I, I do though. And have plans. I mean, I know you do, but you're yeah. you're you. I, I ate s'mores, hot dogs. <laughs> you know, I I I legitimately sent Matt a message a few days ago saying. I assume we're doing the normal Saturday time again, and it, which is a valid question because it's been like two months uh, since we've recorded on a Saturday for various reasons. And he says, yeah, I can't do Friday. It's Friday the 13th. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Saturday's yeah. fine, but... I... <laughs> yeah, it's Friday the 13th. How did get together? It was fun. He said, you said that as if it was Christmas Day. It is a, like, I can't do it's stuff. It's better than Christmas Day. Christmas Day, you don't get to watch Jason movies. I mean, you could. You, you can. You. Yeah. And but... when they finally make the Christmas set Friday the 13th, it'll be yeah. perfect. Not that, you can, not that you can claim it's Christmas Day in the movie because it's Friday the 13th, yeah. but it right. could be the Friday the 13th two weeks before Christmas. The 12 days of Friday yeah. the 13th. Well, there you go, yes. And if, you, if, I mean, if you start on the 13th and you take to Christmas, it's 12 days. That is true. That's math. Unless you want to start on the 12th so you get 13 days of Friday the 13th. Right, right. Or you could do like an advent calendar. You could watch one movie like yeah. every day and then yeah. end with the Christmassy one on yeah. Christmas Day. <laughs> but then you'd have to watch the uh, the the New Beginning and goes to hell, and no one wants to do that. I think New Beginning's still watchable. It's not good. It's definitely one of the the worst ones. But it, yeah, it's it's still a goofy slasher movie with some stuff to yeah. laugh at. New uh, uh, Jason goes to hell was just ugh. yeah, it's it's <laughs> real bad. Um, and. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason does not hold up as well as it did the last time we recorded it when we talked about it. Oh, um, I, I love it, but the acting is terrible in that oh movie. Oh my god, it's bad. That, that we only made it halfway through before I switched to the reboot. That main so, girl in that, uh, yeah. like every Mark time Kira? she, yeah, every time she reacts to something, she like, yeah. Freddy's scared of fire and jason's gonna yeah. work. how can we use that and like every time she's trying to like yeah. pretend she's thinking about something it's just she looks like she's like struggling to pretend that she's having a thought yeah. it's yeah it's it wasn't good so we started the reboot and then people started to peel out so i was like all right i'm going to bed it's 4 30 <laughs> <laughs> and because i'm up early monday through friday my body was like hey it's 5 30 let's get up mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, the Sometimes. reboot's okay. It's not great though. I like I, the reboot. No, I I like it. It's it's fine. It's 
it's a distillation of what works, even though it's not perfect. I, I mean, I'd still take one to four and six to eight mm-hmm. and and X happily over we, it. Yeah. We uh we we started with Takes Manhattan because as we all know, Takes mm-hmm. Manhattan's the most underrated. It is, so, yes, I agree with this. It, it is so good. That got so many laughs. Hey, there's, there's only one Friday the 13th t-shirt I own. And it's Takes Manhattan. It's Takes Manhattan, yes. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Yep, I just ordered another one, and I might have another one after that on the way. So it's <laughs> become a problem. Jason's my guy. I'm contemplating getting a hockey mask tattoo. I so... mean, there's a reason why I called the new horror podcast the Sacred Hockey Mask, Matt. <laughs> uh, you did? Is that a real thing? That's a real thing, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you can tell Matt spends a lot of time looking at the YouTube channels. So. <laughs> the symbols. Well, I don't have time for much right now. It's not good. As we'll find so... out when we find out what books you read this week. Yeah. Uh, we, we... <laughs> yeah. But um, the symbol is literally just a hockey mask in a, in a circle. So, part of me was hoping you'd see it and think I'd left you out of a hockey podcast and get upset. No, because I know you don't care about sports <laughs> that much. Unless it was about the Mighty Ducks, and then mm. I would be doubly upset. Mm. So. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I review the second season of uh, Game Changers, yeah. I'll just yeah. use the same logo, but I'll turn the hockey mask into the duck version. <laughs> right, right. Or, or you make it green and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's talk about November's DC Comics solicits. It is full of things and tidbits and lots of new stuff that we're going to get mm-hmm. into here. Um, last months were also pretty eventful. I mean, October had a bunch of things. Uh, for a start, Hill House is back with a book in October, Matt, so that's pretty cool. Uh, there was a sequel to uh, Basket Full of Heads called uh, Refrigerator Full of Heads, which is very apt for DC, given that, you know, the whole term of fridging came from uh, a DC comic, after all. <laughs> so... Yeah, so they've they've kind of organized this neatly, um, although the first two aren't actually issue... Like, it isn't a new series. It's, we're starting with issue two, but still, it's uh, they're highlighting this uh, Batman the Imposter issues two and three. Um, mm-hmm. Although that said, issue three is an advanced solicitation for December. This is not double shipping in November. That right. is important to, to note. But this is a Black Label book. This is the Mattson Tomlin, uh, Andrea Sorrentino uh, three-issue book. Um, I'm not sure why they're advanced soliciting. I think there's a few of these throughout the solicits. I wonder if it's just because it's the Christmas month and they're making those solicits be as late as possible yeah. uh, for ordering's sake. That's my only reason I can think of. But um, Beautiful covers. Uh, obviously, we won't be able to try this yeah. until October. So, um, hey, It's Sorrent- Sorrentino covers, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. The other one. Yeah. Very, very pretty. Those are very good covers. Stop. My cat's rubbing on the, the desk, and it's shaky. I'm trying to get her to stop, and apparently it's her new favorite thing. All right. It's just, just Matt's an earthquake mode now. Yeah. That's, what, that's what the context of this week's episode is. Uh, next, we have a book that we did mention last week on the podcast because it was announced a little bit earlier, and that is the Jock Batman Black Label book uh, called One Dark Night, and it's all the power goes out in Gotham uh, over the course of the story. It's a three... The issue black label book uh oversized issues of course the prestige plus format i mean i don't know what jock's like as a writer but jesus i'm excited to see what these pages look like i mean if you think that he's absorbed anything by the people he's worked with he's got to be somewhat decent so 
I, I do love the concept of the book as well. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of a power, like a blackout, and, and Gotham yeah. for a night. And it's all set in one night as Batman's dealing with whatever's going on. That sounds uh, like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I know they're going with the Dark Knight play, but uh, leaving the chaos at night, I think it would have just worked too. You know, subvert the, the naming conventions, you know? I mean, it works either way. I mean, it has the double meaning either way, so... Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can roll with it. Uh, and then you get Batman 116 and 117, which is uh, Fear State's final two mm-hmm. issues. Um, I suppose... Uh, do we talk about this now? Do, do we talk about the big Tynan news here? If, if you want to. I mean, I don't know when else. I yeah. mean, uh, maybe at the end of the Batman solicits, if you want to go that way. I'll th- uh, we'll throw it in here because uh, one one seven okay. is Tynan's last issue of Batman. That that's yep. kind of the lead in. I think it's perfect for it. Uh, I think his Joker book. He is going to be writing Joker up till fourteen, yeah. which is like April, uh, if I remember which right. Is, which which is where he was planning on stopping, anyways. I think he said. Mm. So. Yeah, we'll um, we'll see if they cancel the book or if they just give it a new direction yeah. and team or, um, or whatever. Well, he does. He does have a co-writer on it, doesn't he? Uh, he has a co-writer on the backup. He doesn't. I don't think he has a co-writer uh, okay. on the main story. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is kind of a big thing, and it's it's not even just a tiny story either. There's other comic creators that are following in his footsteps. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, he was offered a three-year extension because yeah, his contract, his exclusive contract for DC, is coming up at the end of the year, and he was offered three years, which included primarily a lot of Batman. Like the idea being that uh, not necessarily that he would write in the main Batman book for another three years, but certainly for a lot of it, if not all of it, yeah. he might be writing that main book. And he turned it down. He decided he wanted to go creator-owned instead. Obviously, he's got several creator-owned books. Obviously, one's mm-hmm. uh, uh, Black Label, if that still technically right. counts. But he also has an image book. He has two boom books. And he's instead signed a deal with Substack. And of course, when I heard this, I immediately went, what the hell is Substack? I have never heard of this. And and as someone that subscribes to newsletters, I instantly recognize that as like, oh, that's where the newsletter email comes from. Mm. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of like a like Patreon meets newsletter format. Yeah. Um, but Substack are apparently going to get into comic books, uh, indie comic books, create your own comic books. And I'm not sure if what this means for like physical releases or anything like that uh, later down the line or if that's part of the whole deal or whatever. But basically Tiny and some other creators are going to be moving to Substack as a way to release their content and completely own their content, which is interesting. And obviously, you know, if you care about the creator, uh, and in this case, we obviously do, because Tynan's sort of built up an name for himself, and, you know, to just check out our conversations on Nice House by the Lake to see that that extends beyond just him writing Batman or writing other DC characters. Uh, what was interesting, though, is I saw Tynan put a, a newsletter today. I didn't read the whole thing, but I saw it skimmed it and read a couple of relevant parts. He acknowledges that there's some people he doesn't like that use his Substack, but the reason why he wants to switch to that and why he's also kind of basically leaving Twitter uh, soon is because it doesn't operate on an algorithm uh, like a lot of other social media does. It, doesn't, it isn't designed to keep redirecting you to certain voices you don't want to hear or to sort of pale on, like, you know, you've, you've unraveled one little thread, so it'll keep sending you down a sort of darker path into right. more conspiracy theories or into stuff that makes the social media platform money. Um, it's a bit more, you know, you go to Substack, you go to the ones you want, and it never tries to, at least as far as I know, I've never used Substack. I'm, I'm just going based on what he said. Yeah, I, I only know it based off of getting those newsletters through Substack. 
So that's that's how I knew it. So I had no idea it was even like a Patreon thing, you know. Like, well, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how it works. I don't know if it is a Patreon like subscription where you'll just get the issues they put out in a month. Will that be two or three? Presumably, mm-hmm. of different books from different artists, or if it's just like a do they just sell the issues one by one? Like you'd be buying them on Comicsology anyway. Is it that simple? Is it just here's a four dollar right. book? Uh, you just pay it directly to them, and they make more of the cut, and therefore they're making more money out of it, and that's cool, I guess. It. It's kind of this interesting thing because obviously these creators have got big enough followings where they can do this and they'll probably make a killing by now making a bigger mm-hmm. cut of the profit. I mean, when you think about it, that's what the image guys did back in the 90s. Yeah. You know, they they went and did the creator and stuff. Uh, one of the guys I follow on Twitter was talking about how this is a bad idea and the only reason that he says it's a bad idea is that he just got done ghostwriting a book about this kind of thing. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Um, I have an open mind to it. It's whatever works for them, you know. Uh, I don't read much of Titans Creator and stuff. Like, Nice House is through DC, so that makes it easy. But like, I haven't read Department of Truth or anything because that's the stuff that I'm going to end up trade waiting for the most part. Yeah, I, I've so. obviously been interested in something that's killing the children. I've heard good things mm-hmm. about that. Um, it's a sort of thing where. I might be more inclined. Obviously, I always prioritize DC because we have a DC show and every week, mm-hmm. you know, I, I keep up in that. Uh, partly because I love DC, but partly because it, it's also like a show I do <laughs> and have to mm-hmm. do on a weekly basis. So it just becomes kind of my thing. And, you know, I'm not necessarily always in the mood to read a bunch more comics, uh, you know, once I've, I've done that. You know, I've got other things to do. I've got movies to watch, TV shows to do. Again, all kind of for content. And so there's a kind of a list of priorities and then just sort of reading extra comics for fun is something that sometimes I'm in the mood for, but it tends to be kind of in, in pockets of time rather than a consistent basis, uh, which is why trade waiting seems to be better for that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Not, not that I'm against uh, keeping up with a few books, but and it's maybe something... You I, know, uh, like, even so, I, I really love Josh Williamson and his creator-owned stuff, and mm. uh, I tried to start with Nailbiter, but I'd only ever read Nailbiter and Trade, so when I started trying to do Nailbiter Returns and Singles, I'm not used to that flow because I'm used to just reading a trade in two days. Yeah. And then waiting for the next one because it's paced so well to read in trade form. Um, and then so something like Birthright, I was reading from the beginning in monthly and I got behind because of DC priority and stuff. So I still have a stack of Birthright to read that I have in singles, you know, that would have otherwise been a trade. So it just, you know... You play to your own strengths, I guess. Yeah, and I think one of the things as well is that creator-owned books, I think, tend to work better in trade. Not always. I'm sure, obviously, there's exceptions and they vary from book to book, but they tend to work better in trade, I find, because you're dealing with a lot of original characters, and I find that that month-long gap between issues can be kind of nightmare, because sometimes I struggle to remember stuff that happened in a DC book a month ago. Yeah. When you're doing it with characters who don't have costumes that make it easy to recognize them, you know, even even Nice House in the Lake, you know, we've talked about how there's 12 characters and we need like a cheat sheet telling us who all the characters are when we're reading it, regardless of how good it is. And that issue three was fantastic. I loved issue three. Um, but it, it, it is something that it pops up with those books. So, um, but anyway, we're getting away from the, the actual issue. No, yeah, here. but like, but no, so like with how Substack's going to work, like you said, is it going to be like comicsology? Is it going to be like, um, What's that? What's that company where you can either buy the trade, or you can buy the singles? Oh, TKO. Yeah, TKO. 
is there gonna be something more like that? I don't, I don't know. Nobody really knows as of right now. Yeah, are they gonna go? Are they just gonna like make like yeah graphic novels that are already done? So you just buy it in one big go, right? Or 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 whatever. Yeah, like, are they gonna even have a physical component? Like that's the other question. Printing, yeah, because yeah. because printing, I know, takes up a big big cost. So. I, I wonder if it's a case of. There will be like a trade and stuff like that. Maybe that's something they license out to an image or something. Uh, but yeah, uh, image uh, boom, one of them. Yeah, you know. But at the same time, though, I don't know if that's like part of the deal because I know like he signed a contract with Substack, and maybe Substack right. don't want them being re-released in other formats. Right. Maybe they just want it to be the exclusive. Uh, so and, yeah. and maybe maybe this is all buried in Tiny's newsletter. I mean, Connor's the one who actually reads it all the way through, so he's yeah, the one who would he, know this. Yeah, he reads it letter by letter, <laughs> like. Uh, he was very upset that he wasn't going to be here to discuss this uh, when when it broke. So yes, yeah, yes. He's, he's too busy seeing Green Knight in the theater. Oh no, wait, no, he's not. Uh, I, again, <laughs> I know he can. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> no, what? It got pulled from UK theaters before it released. He can't see it in theaters. <laughs> oh, that's messed up he's not seen it I mean, yet that's not a movie that's not a movie I, I kept seeing all the praise I'm like I'm glad people are liking it but this does not sound like my thing at all he um, was desperate to see it he was yeah. so desperate and they pulled it like a week or two before it came out That that's I, I mean I feel bad but it's also it's Connor so it's funny <laughs> <laughs> this happened to me I'd never shut up about it if that was Kong versus Godzilla uh, I'd still be talking about it so yeah, he's you not know? he's not seen it yet. Uh, uh, so oh, man. yes, all, uh, all I know is there's a there, there's a, a tree guy that someone described as Groot's uncle, mm-hmm. and I have no idea what the hell else that movie's <laughs> about. <laughs> like I know there's knights and Dev Patel, but shoot, man. Yeah, so I mean, just to sort of like spin this back round to, I mean, obviously Substack's a big deal. The creators going to it, it's a big deal, and what other creators may it lure away? But I think. From a DC perspective, since this is a DC podcast, we're losing Tynan. We're losing Tynan on Batman. We're losing Tynan in general, at least for now. I mean, I'm not. I don't necessarily think he's gone forever. Like he may get the extra some superhero stuff later down the line, yeah. but at least did for you, now, he's thirsty to go make his own name for himself. Did Did you see some other um, website who will not be named claimed that their that DC's actively trying to get Donny Cates to come over to take over for Batman? And Donny Cates tweeted, he's like, I've heard rumors of DC talking to me, and if true, that that'd be great. DC, what are you what are you offering? <laughs> yeah. And so it's just it's so funny that I like I like when names like that get brought up and then they decide to have a little bit of fun with with that. But and it makes comics kind of fun, like, you know, not not to diverge into wrestling, but like I don't know where you're going with this. Well, no, just like no, 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 not that. But it's like when there are people that can pop up at any time. Right, it does make it more so. Like when, when Donny Cates, who's really only done Marvel, the idea of him coming to DC or Jason Aaron coming to DC or Tynan going to Marvel, just that kind of stuff kind of excites me as a comic fan, just to see what they would do with those characters, you know. So, um, so yeah, who knows at this point? Like it seems to me like DC's prepping a new generation right now. Well, that the- Tom Taylor is kind of the the. Look, I, I think that's the big thing, though, is I think yeah. I, I actually put on our Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast, for anyone who's not following us, uh, I put on our Twitter just like two weeks ago saying, hey, you know, if the Mountain Rushmore of DC Comics right now, this generation, yeah. 
I put down Tyne and Taylor and Ram V and said, who's the fourth? And people were saying Williamson, some people were saying King, mm-hmm. uh, and so mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, we, we were considering Tyne as one of these, like, spearheading, uh, mainly yeah. because he was in charge of the Gotham corner of the world, but yeah. we're losing him. So, you know, we're left with uh, Taylor and Williamson. Uh, they seem to still be on board for right. the foreseeable future, which is great. Yeah. But... And, and they're both doing their things, too. But it is, um, I don't think we could pretend that this isn't like a yeah. a bit of a blow no, in terms of like you know no, a big creator huge. to lose. It is like it for wrestling. This is them losing a main eventer. Yes, you know. So, you know, and and the, it's like CM Punk always said that he's just a spoke on the wheel, and the wheel's going to keep turning. You know, uh, and he'll pop up years later on a brand that was never supposed to happen. You know, so who knows. I'll point out for listeners that it is six days away that CM Punk is heavily suggested. Fun, fun <laughs> story. So SummerSlam's going to be here in Vegas this weekend, and I made plans maybe to go. Prices ended up being way too much. Bunch of indie shows. Second uh, wave of of a pandemic through. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm really not trying to be around large groups of people. I mean, I, I think we're it. technically on the fourth wave by this point. But yeah, sure. well, what I mean is this. The Delta. It's feeling like we're repeating yeah. early 2020. I, no, I know what you mean. I know what you're meaning. Yeah. And and so I had plans for Friday. And like, I'm maybe going to go to a local show and, and mm-hmm. see some of my friends wrestle big names. That's not happening now. So that opens the door wide for me to watch Rampage Live. Um, however, All Out uh, is the same night if the New Found Glory concert I'm supposed to be going to is still going to happen. Uh, <laughs> So I'm going to have to be watching my phone to make sure nobody spoils stuff for me. Um, that's fair. That, that's month now. However, I, I, I will, I will, that's three weeks from now. Good yeah, word. I will say the first rampage last night was very enjoyable, and it's um, it's not up on the app yet, and my DVR didn't tape it, and I'm still not done with this week's dynamite because. Joe, jo, I will say uh, this is getting to a tangent territory. Sorry, David. Yeah. But um, what I will say is that. The format seems to be for this, and this is maybe genius because they're always either recording it the same night or doing it in the same building two days later, right? From Dynamite, is that it feels like what they're going to do with Rampage is use that as effectively like a couple of main events from Dynamite. It was like they're going to set up a match on Dynamite, mm-hmm. and then that same crowd will get to see that match either later that night or on the Friday if it's live that week. And that's because because there wasn't much like promo stuff there was... how, how long of the show is rampage it's just an hour long it's just oh oh it's very lean thank thank the lord <laughs> so, so... I, take an... I barely have time to fit in Di- i'm watching dynamite on the treadmill at the gym like you know oof trying, Not... trying to watch darby fight uh what's his face uh garcia garcia yeah uh, yeah so so yeah um thank 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 the Lord of Thunder. It's only an hour. Yeah, no. Uh, now I'm excited to watch Miro and and Fuego del Sol. It's, it's, it's a three match show. They all they all have time to breathe. You know, there's a little bit of uh, like a classic, almost Mean Gene style, like before or after some of the matches with Mark Henry interviewing, okay. and that's that's I, I heard Jericho is a little bit out of control. He's uh, very animated. He's animated yeah. on the mic. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> Oh man, could you imagine if I could channel Jericho on here? <laughs> I just don't have it in me today. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, think it. Very few uh, people have have it in them to uh, to channel Jericho. I was gonna make a very taste tasteless joke about a recently rest uh, past wrestler, but we're gonna do it. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you you got uh you had Christian V Omega for the Impact title. You got a TNT got, got, title. Got yeah, that's spoiled. I, I don't have it there. But yeah. probably because there's images of certain people holding belts all over Twitter, yeah. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Uh, and then the women's title match. So it's just three matches. Those, those two. The the two AEW thankfully have not been yes uh, for me. So, but that one I and I should have expected. You know, it's well when, it's well done though. The 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 finish yeah. of it's it's well done, and yeah. it, it heats up the title the pay per view match I, quite a bit. Well, I I explained to to Ashley why that's such a big deal, mm. and she goes, oh. That's that's interesting that they would do that. So, yeah, yeah. I, and get, given like the, the levels of interference, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up with a big step as well, uh, yeah. Cage or whatever. Come paper. Brian Cage? Not Brian Cage. He's busy. He's busy with. Uh... Well, Christian Cage is already in it. Yes, Brian <laughs> Cage, Christian Cage, uh, Adam Page, Ethan Page. And Dallas Page, and it's they're all, they're all going to be in a match together on Rampage. Yeah, good lord. <laughs> Ooh, so easy. And so then, easy. Darby Allen versus CM Punk at All In. Mm. Man. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's I'm set. Just manifesting. It, 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 I'm it, just manifesting. It, it's I'm like it, it's like ninety-nine percent sure at this point. They're the heavy teasing. I mean, there was no heavy teases this week. But if you notice, there's like a backstage segment with the, some of the basketball stuff for the Young Bucks. Just casually on the wall behind them, the lights hitting that were making blue, white, and red. Like, yeah. in that vague shape. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you hitting at here? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, uh, man, either they're working us so hard, or I, I'm going to be very disappointed and I might break something. Um, but we'll have to see. But anyways... Oh, this long story short, Tynan is the CM Punk of comments. That's just, how we do it. I'm just, that from the segue. I'm just imagining David sitting there, try, like waiting for this to finish, so he can do the splice, because so he can edit this down for the for the individual segments. Yeah. And just pulling his hair out. Sorry, All right. David. All so, right. so we talked Titan, we're, we're back on to yeah, the... Yeah, back uh, to Solicits, yeah. So Fierce State uh, finishes with Batman 117, which is the uh, the finale of sorts. Uh, there's a one-shot as well, which I we haven't got to yet, but uh, we'll see. If, I don't know if Titan is writing that too. We'll find out in a minute, I guess. Um, Arkham City, Order of the World, issue two. Um, this was something that popped up in October, Solicits, and I was very excited because it's intentionally channeling uh, Arkham Asylum uh, with the, 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 you know, the, the font and the, the titling style. Uh, they're really going for um, that, you know, harking back to that. But this is a six-issue yeah. mini uh, by Dan Waters and Danny. And what little I've read from Dan Waters has been pretty solid, uh, so I'm intrigued. Yeah, Con- Connor will be excited. He likes Dan Waters. Yeah, he likes uh, Dan Waters, yeah. I, I like Danny's art, so uh, that, that's, a, that's a win. Yeah, I'm really excited about seeing this. And there's definitely a lot of bat books on these solicits. Uh, they're clearly playing to what they, they know sells, but most of them look really good. It's hard to deny yeah, that they I, look good. I used to fight it all the time, and <laughs> I just can't anymore. I get it. You have to. I have to find stuff in Batman that I do enjoy, like this, you know, like, yeah. like Dick Grayson and, you know, Oracle. And so um, The Outsiders, another one. But... Yeah. I saw someone do the solicits and they did the DC logo and there's an asterisk and it said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mostly Batman though. Mm-hmm. And it cracked me up. Yeah. Uh, Batman Urban Legends issue nine is coming out and much like October's issue two of the stories are fear state tie-ins, which again, I think it's a fun use of that book. 
uh, to have some extra little fear state stories uh, with characters who aren't in the main books as much. So that's kind of neat. Um, the one's outsiders, one's Batwoman, uh, and mm-hmm. then there's an Azrael story that's separate, and a Tweedledee and Tweedledum story of all things. Uh, so, so we, we don't know who's doing who, then, right? I'm sure Brandon Thomas is doing the Outsiders. Um, right. so is that Dan Waters then doing the Azrael story? Uh, maybe assuming they're in order and the way they've listed yeah. the credits there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that would assume that. Uh, you got I Am Batman issue three. This is the John Ridley, uh, you know, the Jace, oh. next Batman. Wish I had time to read issue one this week. <laughs> enjoy. I do enjoy that, that Ridley uh, book. So yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, issue zero was this week, uh, so I've got some thoughts. We got Harley Quinn issue nine coming out. Uh, also, Tenant of Fear State. They're doing a good job. All the Bat books kind of like feeling connected right yeah. now. Yeah, this is this, this feels like the last time I can remember them doing this was the um, not quite Joker War because that that was a little bit more pared down. But um, back back at the beginning, of Rebirth, the, the Night of the Monsters, you know, they had the 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 banner. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's pretty effective. Likewise, we have another Batman Secret Files. This one is the Gardener issue. One it is a Poison Ivy uh, related excited. story. Uh, Tynan actually has got a story by credit, uh, so that's neat. So, uh, still um, also a, also a cover by Tynan. Hmm. Really? Did you did you see that? It says is cover it, by it, James Tynan in the fourth. It's not a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Hey, if not, good for him. <laughs> I hope that it's Tom King, but it's a cover by Tom King. So. Uh, so we got Catwoman uh, issue thirty seven uh, again tied in somewhat to Fear State and still dealing with some Poison Ivy stuff by the looks of it as well. So that's neat. Yeah. Uh, we got Nightwing eighty six, some really cool stuff coming up in that book, uh, which I'm excited about based on the teases on Twitter and the fact that we have Cass, Steph, and Tim all in the uh, cover for this one. Mm-hmm. So I am delighted by that. Uh, we got Detective Comics one thousand forty five, also tying in to Fear State. This is uh, Tamaki and Dan Mora on this issue. So that's cool. Um, you know what? With Tynan leaving Batman, I hope Tamaki's on Detective for a long time because I'm loving, mm-hmm. I am loving her. Not to spoil my thoughts on this week's issue yet, but <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, Task Force Z issue two. Again, this was one that started last month uh, in the solicits um, and actually has a lead in story in Urban Legends this week. Uh, oh, no, sorry. No, it's the backup for Detective. Yeah. It's still the lead in. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm getting. Know, I- I'm getting my lead-ins because there's a story in Urban Legends that leads into another series that's coming up soon oh, in Solicits. So, uh, again, they're doing a really good job of ever- having everything kind of be like connected and sticking together. Uh, so here we go. This was the uh, this kind of the finale issue for Fear State that I was mentioning because we know we're getting the Alpha lead-in issue this month. Uh, so in, in November on the fifth week, uh, so it's a fifth week book on the annual week, we're getting Fear State Omega. Uh, issue one, which is wrapping things up, and it is Tynan, uh, who's writing this. So mm-hmm. this is basically the, so as much as it one one seven is his last Batman issue. This is really the end of his Batman run. Is this yeah. this oversized issue, uh, which is fair. It makes sense. Uh, so that's very neat. Obviously, I've been enjoying the build up to it, uh, and spinning out of that, we're getting a mini series called Robins. Uh, Robins issue one by Tim Seeley, uh, with art by uh, Valdemar Rivas. Um and it features all uh five robins it said. Is that well, Steph in the back? Yeah, it's Steph. Oh she nice. was a Robin. That means they've canonically restored her time as a Robin. I I am 
a-okay with that. Yeah. A-okay. Um, admittedly, I want a Batgirl's book more than I want a Robin's book. Um, but Maybe one leads to the other. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. So... Uh, and there's a Babs Tar variant they don't they're not showing. I really wonder what that looks like. Uh, they always have all the covers ready for solicits, so obviously. No, I know, but just to tease Babtar and yeah. Uh, and now we have another black label book that's starting in November by Jeff Lemire. It's called Robin and Batman. Uh with issue one coming in November. There's also an advanced solicit for December's issue two as well. So uh, Dustin Wynn on the art, uh, so you can see the Dustin Wynn covers there. Uh, issue mm-hmm. 2's cover, I think, is is quite nice. Um, yeah, with the circus and what looks like Killer Croc. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll read the description for this one, because this is a... Uh, Legendary story of Batman and Robin has reached nearly mythic proportions. The crime-fighting dynamic duo always one step ahead of the criminals they pursue, and never meeting a case too big. This isn't that story. This is a story of a young Dick Grayson, newly orphaned, struggling to find out his way in a strange, difficult, dark new world. This is a story of Robin and Batman. So this is a, a, a maybe not quite a Robin year one, but an early days Dick Grayson is Robin story, which is mm-hmm. just cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, one of one of three. So that this should be a nice trade when it's all done. You know. Yeah. So one, one of the ones that you can hand somebody. And be like, here, you like, I think the idea of Robin, enjoy this. I, I suspect so. And if we're lucky, it might even go nicely after, say, uh, either Dark Victory or Robin Year One. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it'll nicely, not not line yeah. up completely continuity wise, no, but, but be close, cl- enough, close enough. Yeah, that you yeah. can sort of say, hey, after you read Dark Victory, you read Batman Year One, you read Long Halloween, you read Dark Victory, and then you read this Robin and Batman book by, <laughs> by Lemire. That'd be kind of a cool uh, thing to get people into comics. Mm hmm. Uh, next up, there is a one of these big ten dollar prestige uh, anthology books called Gotham City Villains Anniversary Giant Issue One. Um, with a so this seems to be like uh, one of these big anniversary issues, but instead of giving each of these more smaller villain characters who are hitting like eighty years, they are just doing like a collection <laughs> shared amongst a bunch of them. <laughs> and you get a story, and you get a story. Yeah, because I'm seeing Red Hood, Mad Hatter, and I think Firefly there on the cover. Uh, on that one, yeah. And yeah. it says in, in the solicit, you got Scarecrow, Poison Ivy, mm. Ra's al Ghul, Tali al Ghul, the Mad Hatter, Killer Moth, and the original Red Hood. However, um, Ra's didn't come until the 70s. And so. Talia is obviously even later than that. Yeah. <laughs> so... so uh, yeah. What? What? Are they just counting it from over the oldest villain? Is all right. They've hit eight. Everyone yeah, else. Scarecrow <laughs> and Poison Ivy both came came around in uh, in nineteen forty one. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Whatever. Uh, is that on mm-hmm. the week five? Like it should be. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's nice. Like it's a good week for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. So now we have a new Tom Taylor book to talk about. So this was announced. We. Yeah. This was announced this week. Uh, it's called Dark Knights of Steel, issue one. I, I, I want to joke here for a second, actually, because when he was teasing he was about to announce something, someone, mm-hmm. they put out the initials, and someone said, you know, give us what one of the words stands for, and he cropped out the word of. The O stands for of. I love, I love that, man. <laughs> you know what's funny is I followed him on Facebook just as a lark, and now I get, uh, I get notifications when he's talking in threads, which is just weird. 
because it's almost like he's an actual friend of mine mm-hmm. uh, instead of just a writer that I'm obsessed with. So that's that algorithm. It's that algorithm that Tain is trying is. to get away from. It is. So it's very funny, but he's always very nice and complimentary. And oh, sure, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, so- um, but uh, the interesting thing here for me was he said that he's not a horror guy, despite deceased. And having a flair for being able to write horror, but he loves fantasy. So this is, you know, he's combining superheroes and fantasy. And so, so basically, I, this is a true test because if I like this yeah. book, then Tom Taylor's my my love of yeah. Tom Taylor's work can transcend yeah. my apathy for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, what what is he already? He's already got you to like Red Hood. Right? Uh, that's true. That, that's true. So, he's he's pulled off some pretty impressive feats thus far. Um. I will say that the main cover is quite nice, uh, with like the the elves, uh, you know, Superman's parents, uh, in the background. Okay, the cover that came up for me was the Batman on the horse. As a, I think that's the variant, yeah. The the main gotcha. one's the next one over. Yeah. Um. Uh, so this is Yasmin Putri on art. It's a a twelve issue mini. Um. I'll I'll just read the text here, so you can judge this uh-huh. for yourself. An entire medieval world will be forever changed when a spaceship crash lands from a doomed planet. Monarchs will die, kingdoms will rise, and what seemed to be the end of the world for many was only the beginning. An epic high fantasy story set in a DC universe where nothing is what it seems. So this is basically the, like the fantasy equivalent of like when Marvel did their 1602 or whatever that yep. was. I was just going to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Um, also, he has a flair for the Elseworlds, because this, this would have been an Elseworlds back in the day. Oh, sure, yeah. So, and between this and Deceased, like, Tom Taylor just has, he's really good at playing outside the, the lines. So. I think it's notable as well that this is not a black label book. This is just the mm-hmm. regular DC mainline, obviously Elseworlds effectively, right. but in the mainline pricing and, and Adrian. Right. So uh, that's cool. Oh. I, I think maybe that's just because Taylor's books appealed to the white teen market. So they, they want to keep his books yeah. in that demographic. Mm-hmm. So no, that's neat. Uh, I'm not a fantasy guy, but I will try anything Tom Taylor writes. I will give it a fair mm-hmm. shake and I'll see how I feel. Uh, maybe he can work his magic. Yeah. But, uh, neat. Alright, uh, and Dark Knights of Steel issue 2, advanced solicit for December. Again, there's a lot... Not the main books, so you'll notice there's, you know, Batman, Action, Detective, they're not getting advanced solicits, but all mm-hmm. of the, the Black Label stuff seems to be, uh, and the minis seem to be getting those. Uh, Justice League Incarnate issue 1, so this is spinning out of Infinite Frontier. This is a 5-issue miniseries. Uh, the first issue seems to be oversized. I don't know if that's going to be continuing. Uh, and when I say oversized, you know, it's just it's ten extra pages uh, as opposed to you know the regular. It's not that big, but mm-hmm. um, so this is Joshua Wilson and Dennis Culver uh, with art by Andre Besson and Brandon Pearson. And this is obviously the team that uh, we see a fair bit of in the you know Infinite Frontier book mm-hmm. uh, with President Superman um, and the rest of the <sighs> gang. So yes. Damn it! Why did I read the solicit? Did you just spoil something? I did for myself. Well, I mean, it's not a major spoil, but like, if you don't want to be spoiled, guys, don't read the solicit. Oh. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I just looked at it. <laughs> it's. I, I told you not to. I, I know, but you said it, and now I feel like I need to be on the even footing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no specifics, but it can, it does kind of like tell you something about the yeah. ending of Infinite Frontier yeah. if you read the solicit for that. I, so I wouldn't read it out loud. I wouldn't be that yeah. Late, but yeah. something that I was very invested in and still am. But um, yes. uh, but uh, what, what got me here in the solicits, they do list characters that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that pop up that, you know, I saw China's flash from Earth Zero and that's um, 
I mean, that's Williamson's, uh, what's her name? I'm drawing a blank. Far as asleep here. Yeah, yeah, for, uh, for Avery? <laughs> Avery, thank you. I kept wanting to say Everly, and I'm like, it's not Everly. Don't say Everly. <laughs> uh, Avery. And so the fact that Williamson created her Ash and pulling her over to Incarnate. Um, so that's neat. I like, see that, 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 that name pop up there. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, you got Captain Carr, you got Mary Marvel from Ever Earth, <laughs> that Mary Marvel's mm-hmm. from, and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, so obviously this is neat. Uh, I've been enjoying Infinite Frontier. Obviously, we'll talk about today's issue or this week's issue uh, a little bit later. But mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm down for something more that spins out of that, especially since it feels like Williamson is sort of like building a, a overall narrative that's not just the current mini. It's clearly something that there's like a more of a long term game plan with. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to see that. Uh, we have a new Wonder Woman uh book. Uh, is this black label? I don't know if I'm seeing the black label label. Uh, I don't. I don't think yeah. it is. Uh, so this is Wonder Woman Evolution issue one, written by Stephanie Phillips and art and cover by Mike Hawthorne. And um, we've had mixed feelings. Uh, when I say we, I just mean like across the podcast because I think I think you and Connor were both fairly into Stephanie Phillips for a couple of stories, and then he's been quite mm-hmm. down on the Harley Quinn uh, yeah. after a couple of issues. So. Uh, but this is an eight-issue mini by Stephanie Phillips. I'll just read the uh, text here, see what it's about. Uh, whisked away from Earth by a distant cosmic entity, Wonder Woman is forced to navigate a series of perilous challenges that push her into the brink of both uh, mentally and physically. At stake is the fate of all humanity, with the alien entities casting Diana as Earth's proxy for a trial judging humankind's worthiness to exist in the universe. Can Diana stand trial to save humanity without losing her own? Do you know, obviously, I'll, I'll I'll give this a try in the sense that uh, I think that's a really cool sounding concept. It's like a very mm-hmm. Star Trek Next Generation sounding concept with Wonder Woman, honestly. Uh, I will mm-hmm. say, though, I, I don't know Mike Hawthorne by name, but looking at that cover, uh, although admittedly, I think, oh, that's, that's Riley Ross, must have That's Rosmo, my guy. Oh, never mind, never mind. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. I'm I'll not that worried. The one next over. I, so. I, I mean, I don't love that cover, but it's definitely better than the Rosmo yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I, I automatically went, I checked out when I saw the Rosmo yeah. art, and then I saw Hawthorne, so then I was like, oh, okay. Yes. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay, okay. It's fine. All right. Well, I'll give it a try then. So Wonder Woman mini. Uh, yeah, we're seeing a lot more minis. We're seeing a lot more minis pop up. Uh, then next up, uh, this is an advanced lesson for December, uh, their usual Christmas anthology, uh, which we'll probably skip, I imagine, but this is Tis the Season to be Freezing, which is a fun <laughs> title, I'll give it that much. Uh, oh, I know it won't be, right? But this really should... Oh, actually, no, now I'm looking at the text, it no, might be what I think no. it is. Hold on, uh-huh. hold on, hold on, okay. Uh-huh. So, what I was going to say is that this should be an anthology where every story is a cold-based villain. Now, I'm seeing some names in the text, I'm going to read this text and find out if it's exactly what I want it to be. On the weather outside, or the oh sorry, all the weather outside is freezing, but these stories sure are pleasing. <laughs> so since you have no place to go, why not grab a sweater, pour a cup of hot cocoa, and stoke the fire? Because these ten tales are sure to lower the mercury. Join us as Harley Quinn and Blue Snowman ace out Hawkman. Uh, Batman fights Cold Heart Mister Freeze. The GLQ don't stand the snowball's chance against Minister Blizzard and Flash and Superman team up to chill out Captain Cold. So warm your holiday heart with these freezing feats of frosty fiction. Now, that was only like four stories out of ten. So, Cold Snap! 
has to be in this, right? <laughs> yeah, well, if Minister Blizzard is and Cold Snap's not, then there's a problem. I mean, who have they left out? They've left out Icicle, Cold Snap, I guess Icicle Junior if you want to separate. Well, uh, 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 Killer Frost. Unless... Killer Frost, but she, she's a hero now, but she's, yeah, she's still have a story, sure. You could, do a, you could do a story with her, though. Hmm. Uh, maybe Nora Freeze will get her story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's like they're appealing just to us with this. <laughs> they're like saying, hey, here's a story with all the Freeze villains. Oh, that's funny. All right, okay, next up. Once I saw Minister oh. Blizzard when I skimmed it, I yeah. went, oh, Pete's gonna love this. So, next up, Batman Superman Authority Special Issue 1. Uh, and this is written oh, by Philip, Philip, Philip Keddy Johnson's writing, so this presumably might tie in a little bit to uh, the ongoing action comic stuff, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, art by Trevor Hearsign and Jonathan uh, Glaplin and Ben Hempelsmith. Uh... Following Mongols attack on a yeah, this is this is I don't want to read the rest of it. I don't want to spoilers just in case. Yeah. But this is relating to Mongol, so it is relating to uh, action comics and what's been going on. So okay, that's interesting. Um, whereas that first Grant Morrison issue of of his book or sorry their book, mm-hmm. um, was just kind of okay. <laughs> this seems more interesting. Right. Well, I just think that uh, PKJ appeals to us a little bit more than Morrison does. Uh, that's fair. Yes. So. Uh. Yes, PKJ. Is that, is that what we're going with now? That's our uh, shorthand on Twitter. So that's what I'm just calling him for now. Okay, PKJ. Uh, so we do have a fifth week in November, so there are some annuals. Uh, not surprising. Um, we actually have Batman 2021 annual uh, by Tynan. Uh, okay, so this is out the same day as uh, the Omega thing, so I guess they're both the end of his Batman. Well, I, we'll have to get a reading order. We need to know what the, the reading order well, is. This though, this, though, is just a continuation of the Ghostmaker backup. Oh no. So, okay, well in that case yeah. I might skip this, but <laughs> Yeah. So. I mean at least he's getting to finish that story too. He's finishing the Ghostmaker story. Congratulations. Well, which, which is good because yeah, it I mean it's the I realized this when I was reading Batman last week. Um was this is just the almost got him, but for Ghostmaker. Mm-hmm. Which is my favorite Batman the Animated Series episode where all the villains are around talking about the time they almost got Batman. Um and so it's cool that Tynan did that. One of those for Ghostmaker, his own creation, who I still don't like, mm-hmm. um, but it's not as annoying as at the beginning. Yeah, it's, so. it's probably a fair, uh, an easy skip. But I, I do like the idea yeah. that an ongoing story and an annual, will, or and a backup will get an annual issue to itself. I think that's kind of neat for the sake of giving it a big finale. Uh, more on that later. Uh, next up, Joker 2021 annual. And I am pumped by it for this. So, Matt, what you didn't hear about last uh, time I read a Joker mm-hmm. issue is that the last issue before this one that I did today, so I think issue five, was like a break issue for uh, Gillen March, and it was a mm-hmm. flashback issue with uh, Frank Avila art, and it was phenomenal. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. I was uh, about that. This annual is a sequel to that issue. It's another Frank Avila issue, and it's another mm-hmm. early Jim Gordon and Gotham story. Yeah, and it's got it's got Babs in the purple mm-hmm. suit. Yeah, know, the, yeah, there. it's classic Batgirl. No, this yeah. looks great. I am I'm I'm excited by this. I really am. <laughs> um, so this is neat. Um, so cool, cool stuff. Um, so, um, no, that's just good. That's just good news. Uh, mm-hmm. uh you know, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. 
Uh, Detective Comics 2021 Annual Issue 1. Uh, I'm going to spend a bit more time talking about this because I did see that this has actually got some interesting teases for the future in it, uh, as far as what this is setting up. Uh, so this is Tamaki writing uh, with Matthew Rosenberg, presumably on whatever the second story is. Um, so that's neat. <clears throat> uh, I love that that run's still going. But what this is, this is a prelude to a Bat-centric story that's coming next year. It's called Shadows of the Bat. So it says, Shadows of the Bat begins here. And the prelude to the January's epic new detective comic event. So this is a detective comic-centric event from Tamaki, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mayor Nakano has signed off on the construction of a new Arkham Tower in the heart of Gotham City. Oh, that's a that's a great idea, Nakano. <laughs> and the Bat family is torn. Batman has a long has long seen Arkham as necessary, if flawed, cog in the gears of Gotham City, a temporary solution to a larger problem uh, that, in many ways, mirrors his approach as Batman. Nightwing, however, who grew up watching Arkham mutate into a villain factory, believes a different approach is needed. Uh, but will Bruce and Dick uh, will need to see eye to eye on more than just Arkham Tower for a new villain known as the Meager Man. The Meager Man. <laughs> okay, I'm interested. <laughs> Havoc in the he's streets. He's just like, he's, he, he's not, not all there, but he's not all the way there. He's just kind of almost there. Honestly, I, like, I, I have been liking Detective even more than Batman uh, recently, yeah. and the idea that the next big Bat-centric story is going to come from the can uh, from the can from Tamaki. Uh, Turn turns out Tamaki's a really good writer, which oh, we've, we've kind of always known. It just, but like, what's so funny is that she was so impressive with that Supergirl mini and yeah. the little teases that we've got from from uh, like X twenty three. I thought her running that was mm -hmm. really enjoyable, mm -hmm. and her Wonder Woman was a little disappointing. It was still good, but it wasn't like up to right. the same standard. It's so so far, there hasn't been a book of her that I don't not like. Like, there's ones that you're like, okay, this wasn't as good as the other, but they're all good. So, like, the fact that they're giving her the keys to Detective to do an event um, that's going to cross over with Nightwing, like, that's that's real good. Also, this has a variant by Jason Fabic, and I just want Jason Fabic back in my <laughs> comic book life. That's I, 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 at the very least, you know, like that. This ensures that Tamaki's on the book for at least another six issues after this. And if I can, hopefully, hopefully, I'll, it'll be more than that. But at least there's a whole other arc coming, so I'm happy with that. Uh, then there's a Nightwing annual as well, Nightwing 2021 annual uh, by Tom Taylor. So again, it's continuing the trend of having the the ongoing writer still writing the annual. Uh, covered by Nicholas Scott, although the main art is by Cian Tarme. I think it's I think it's Kyan. Kyan Tarm, okay. It's uh, one of those Irish names that, you know, they have the Gaelic still there. So this is a, a Dick and Jason uh, team-up mm -hmm. issue. But to be honest, though, like, not only has Tom Taylor proven that he can do a decent Jason Todd story, mm -hmm. Jason Todd's having, like, a weird, like, good year where I've, like, like three different Jason Todd stories. So you know what? Sure. <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen the memes... Of of the my plans and yeah, the variant. Yeah. <laughs> you, you want to know what my favorite ones was? Gone. It was it was Jason Todd, and then the variant was <laughs> the phone crowbar. number to call to kill him. All oh, right, okay. So, <laughs> the phone number. <laughs> so it's making me wonder if we're if we're giving him a good year because he's not he's not long for this world. Oh, you know, oh, like, that's funny. It it would totally be Tom Taylor's way to be like, hey, people that don't like Jason Todd. I'm I'm gonna write him, and I'm gonna make him a complex character that you don't have to like, but you're you're gonna tolerate, and you're gonna like when I write him. And then I'm just gonna rip out his heart. 
you know, like you it's know, very Tom Taylor. I'm just gonna say that there's more annuals here. So that that uh, villains hundred page books looking less lately. The more more annuals that we're piling up here that are yeah. actually must reads because we got Robin. Twice, that said, I oh. might. I might stop in my shop and read the Poison Ivy story in there. So, um, of course you will, yes. But that's Ivy. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, so we got Robin oh, Twitter. Yeah, Robin Annual. Uh, this is Joshua Wilson still writing. Again, as expected, it's not the regular artist because obviously the regular artist is still working on the next issue. But uh, right. uh, so let's go. I'm, I'm not reading the solicits because I don't trust them. I that's, trust that's, issues because true. of solicits. Yes. Uh, but it seems to feature a lot of the cast of the current book. It's called Tale mm-hmm. of the Tape. Um. So that last issue was so good. I like that I like good. Homeless Roz. Were you here for that issue? Oh. I can't remember because you missed a couple. I was not. No, okay. <laughs> it was not. Oh, it was, it was uh, a good issue. It was a good issue. I read, I read that issue in a hotel room in Anaheim. So that's how I know I was Neat. not. Uh, no, but yeah, no. Uh, home, homeless Roz. Good good luck. I love it. Okay. Uh, then we got Wonder Woman 2021 annual. Uh, not what I have to read, but uh, you and Connor potentially will be. Uh, th- nice cover. I'll say that. There's a nice cover to that. Oh yeah, that's a Garrett's cover. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ooh, that other one's real good too. The Deanda. Oh yeah, that's very colorful. I like the colors Ooh, on that. That is that is almost a. If I don't have my phone background as Captain Carter right now, that would make a big push. I feel, like, I feel like they don't give us the nice high res versions anymore to, to make the covers no. out of or the wallpapers out. Yeah. Of. Uh, there's a button here to maybe full screen it, but I don't want to risk like messing no. up my viewing. No, I, so. I and I already I'm I'm making a lot of headway being able to scroll without yes. my Skype freezing, so I'm not gonna do anything else. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, Justice League Dark Annual. So this is I was oh, saying God. earlier the idea of the backups getting their own annuals. Uh, so that's obviously fun. This is Ram V and Dan Wars. Yep. This next cover, I love it. Oh, Superman! So Superman, Son of yeah. Kal El Annual issue. What was it? Yeah, do you know what? Week five's looking really busy, surprisingly. <laughs> There's a lot of annuals yeah. coming out on week five in November. Uh, yeah, the cover for this is great. This is uh, Lex walking into John with his feet up on his desk. <laughs> this is wonderful. It. <laughs> it's so disrespectful, and I love it. Man, we get two oversized Tom Taylor issues or this the same week mm-hmm. uh, in November. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of Superman, Son of Kal-El, uh, next up, you've got uh, issue five of that. Uh, I won't say much. I don't want to read it for spoiler's sake. I'll just say issue five's coming. That's neat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, a box uh, set. Oh, you, sorry. You're that excited by this? Y- yes, I. I well, it's just a long Halloween year one, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah, but that's as you were saying about the Robin one, right? Them uh-huh. selling these as a set is a good call. Oh sure, yeah, uh, yeah. For yeah. some reason, there's a couple of uh, uh, trades and box sets here. Uh, kind of up weird. Um, then there's like a yeah, a couple of the a graphic novel, the collection for Rorschach is up. For some reason, there's a few things here. Strange Adventures hardcovers here. Uh, before you and get to the rest action. of the solicits, yeah. So then we get the Action Comics 1037. Not much to say except super excited. Uh, mm-hmm. Warworld Saga Part Two. Nice. Uh, should be said that Sam Pierre said this is his last issue, 1037. And he's moving on to do a bigger project at DC. Didn't oh, say okay. what it was. I mean, so he says, I, "Don't, don't, don't be upset. He, you're gonna see him, and it's something a lot bigger." So I'll be uh, upset if the artist who replaces him on action, though, sucks. True, <laughs> true. I mean, I get that, but like, you know, at least seeing him do DC work. I'm gonna be, I'm okay. At least for me, a junior's uh, uh, don't away at Marvel. Yeah, he's no, he's at Marvel. He's 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 not a danger. 
right? I know, but still, we're going to keep that hushed, you know. Okay. Aquaman, yeah. The Becoming Issue 3, that's that miniseries, of course, that's been uh, going for a couple of months by this point. Uh, Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target Issue 2, obviously that was in October Solicits Issue 1. Uh, a weird, uh, you know, Raven the Bold style team up, but hey, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, admittedly, the writer doesn't make me think I'm going to love it, but I'll try it. We'll see how yeah. it is. Uh, Arkham City, The Order of the World, Issue 3. So this actually is the advanced solicit. We had Issue 2 right at the start of the solicit. For some reason, mm-hmm. the advanced solicit wasn't with it. It was down here. It's got a nice cover, though. I'll say that much. Uh, the Dan Waters book. Uh, <laughs> Batman 89, Issue 4. So that'll still be going. Um, so cool. Uh, actually, do you know what? The cover for that kind of revealed something about issue one that I didn't get. Okay. So I'll, I'll mention I'll, I'll mention that when I'm talking about the book, but I'll just say that. Uh, Batman Catwoman issue nine's coming out in November. Uh, this is uh, the Liam Sharp issue. It's a nice cover, actually. It's a Catwoman <clears throat> on top of the bat yeah. signal. Uh, yeah, got a nice vibe. Uh, Batman v's Bigsby, A Wolf in Gotham, Issue 3, so that's still going strong. Batman Reptilian, Issue 6, is wrapping up uh, the, that miniseries in November. Uh, Batman The Avengers Continues, Season 2, Issue 6. That's a great cover by Fornis. Mm-hmm. And then Issue 7, I assume that's an advanced list, it is indeed for December, yeah. so that's cool. And then Batman The Detective, Issue 6, wrapping up the Tom Taylor miniseries uh, in November. Um, so that's cool too. <laughs> Batman Urban Legends issue 10 which is an advanced list we already had issue 9 earlier again this, mm-hmm. for some reason this is down here instead issue 10 is an advanced list for December so there's not actually a lot of stuff in the text it doesn't give you the four stories like it normally does uh, it's right. just like one little paragraph um, but it does mention uh, Teeny Howard making her DC debut on a Nightwing story so uh, and mm-hmm. there's an Oracle and Batgirl's Holiday Spectacular so yeah you know I'm into some of these things um, mm-hmm. so cool uh, Black Manta issue 3, that's still going. Checkmate issue 6, wrapping up uh, that miniseries. I have to say, Matt, so Checkmate was last week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of down when I was reading it because it was bumming me out that I knew parts of like stuff was spinning out of it into Justice League, which I wasn't reading anymore. Yeah. yeah. It was making me feel like it wasn't going to have an it's... ending. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Right? For as high as I was on it, it... it... And, and someone that still begrudgingly reads Justice League. Um, uh, there's so, so many... Yeah. There's so many new books starting, like, this... No, 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 this month, but, like, October, November, that, like, it's probably going to be... It may even be an easy drop after, like, if I'm not feeling it, like, next issue, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. Yeah. I'm, I'm still reading it for Dark, but, you know, so I, I'll, I'll be picking it up, but... Yeah, the whole who is Damon Rose, and then like you found out the week before in Justice League. I know. <laughs> yeah. Just not good storytelling, you know. That at this was point. so awkward. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crushing Lobo issue six coming out. Uh, that's six of eight. Uh, and then issue seven's also preemptively solicited for December. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the upside, Matt, December solicits are going to be quite short because all, all these yeah. preemptive solicits. Yeah. Uh, DC Horror presents Soul yeah. Plumber issue two. So this is a, a new horror book starting in October, yeah. uh, which I'll definitely be checking out because why wouldn't I? <laughs> but uh, not that I'm familiar with any of the people involved in this. Uh, although I believe this is uh, from the people behind the last podcast on the left. This was the okay. I think that's that was what the 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 the, the, the gist of this one was. Um. So yeah, I'll check that out. 
Uh, issue 3, Advanced Solicit for December again. Uh, DCV's Vampires issue 2. Uh, so this is Tynan. So this is a book that, of course, Tynan's name is going to be on for a while. Uh, although he's not scripting. he th- There was a whole backstory right. to this that Connor explained last month where he came up with this concept because he didn't want to be involved in any of the, the 5G stuff. But then they put him on Batman and 5G fell through. So he actually had this all mapped out and he's gave it to Matthew Rosenberg to actually write the, the book. So that's the, the how this came to be. Uh, but it's, it sounded really fun from the description in issue one. So uh, no, doubt cool. that, no doubt this is going to be a hoot. I don't want to do 5G. I want to do DC versus Vampires. <laughs> James, all right, calm down. <laughs> yeah, uh, Deathstroke Inc. issue three. Um, This is a book that I might be more excited about because of a story i read this week so <laughs> more on that later um future state gotham issue seven is coming out so that's still going along because of joshua wilson uh green lantern issue oh that's a nice cover on green lantern issue eight that's a beautiful cover yeah that's nice um, yeah, yeah. i, I really you know who that is right that's kelly yes matt have you even read last Pretty week's sure. green lantern i read that first half and I still don't understand how you didn't get that was uh, Cruz. They never said it, she was it's Jessica. All, it's in it's in the context clues though. Come like, on, even without solicit, even it was there. Even Simon says, "Who was that?" When she said his name, right? But just everything with the narration and all of I, that, like, yeah. This is not the same thing. Like, Connor's trying to compare this to that Starfire flub. That was a flub. I don't think, I don't think this was a flub. I think this was a genuine, like, mystery. That, so yeah, I, the, the clues were there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not denying those clues weren't yeah, there. But I, I yeah. don't think this was me being completely stupid. But see, I, I'm not calling you stupid. I'm just saying it's funny that you yeah, but Connor will recognize any of your favorite characters. <laughs> That's all. I'm far more interested um, in the character now than it was Jessica Cruz, but I really like that story, though. I love that story from, no, from Kelly's perspective. Yeah, I, I just want to say, just reading it and, and not, you know, I had, I don't think I had seen any of that yet, but just, just reading that and how my brain works, trying to find all the, you know, like, who, who what is this referencing? <clears throat> Especially when it comes to Green Lantern. Uh, I was like, well, that's got to be Cruz, right? Like, talking about a person that's lived through fear and they experience it all the time. And then when I, when, I, when when I he when doesn't I, recognize her, that adds a little twist. Like, well, what's the yellow ring done to her? When when you know? when I, when I was told who it was, I vaguely remembered. It sparked a memory. That I remembered someone telling me that I think in Odyssey she got a yellow mm-hmm. lantern, but I'd forgotten about it. It was because I, I I don't think I read it. I think I just heard about it in passing yeah. ages ago. Um, but my mind never went there. So whatever. Uh, but yes, uh, but I enjoyed that issue quite a bit, and uh, as much as the the John stuff isn't as good, I still enjoyed it, and I liked where that ended. Uh, so you know, I'd finish the issue, man. It's worth uh being up to date. I'll, I'll 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 get to it. I still haven't gotten action in Superman. This is how behind I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you'll be back to close to full yeah, book I'm, form over as the weeks go I'm on. Going to try. I'm gonna try my best. Work just uh, yeah, right just, now. you know, just you know, uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Just uh, if, if if I could read comics while I work out, it would make things yeah. so much easier. If you get some so, sort of like stand for your tablet, like so it's in front of your face. Here's the thing, though, on, on the treadmill. So you when, know? when I, yeah, when I when I do the treadmill, though, I'm not running. I walk on an incline, 
And, you know, I just I crank it up in intervals and stuff. Yeah, it's just better on your joints. I have a hard time watching TV like that <laughs> when, I, when I put wrestling on. Do, do what they need. Just because of the angle that it's at, you do, know? Do, do what they need to make. Do they make a holder for it that's like a steady cam that's huh? synced to your body movement yeah. so that it's perfectly yeah. in time with your head <laughs> the yeah. entire time? And I'm just afraid because I do get car sick if I read. If oh, sure. I don't put something in front of the window and, and we're driving and I'm reading, and I'm not driving and reading, guys. When someone else is driving, uh, and I'm trying to read, I I get car sick. I'm afraid that would happen if I was on the treadmill trying to read. You know, yeah. just the whole movement and stuff. If, if I could figure it out, man, I would. I could read so much more <laughs> comics. I'd be unstoppable. I'd be unstoppable. Ugh. Look, you were two weeks behind at the start of this week. I think people will forgive you for not having everything up to date. Yeah. I mean, but the two that I keep wanting to read is, is Action and uh, and, and Superman, Son of Kal-El. Um, and I just, I had to get these works out. I sell Strange Adventures still. Like, oh, 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 that that issue is I'll, freaking great, Matt. I'll get there. I'll, I'll get there. But, you know, that said, I, I told my coworker, shush this week so I could read Rorschach in peace. That <laughs> one needs full attention. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like, just, you know, focus focus on the books you need to be read for for next week you know catch up on those and just go from there you know but, but yeah. what, one one week at a time that's all you need to do um hardware season one issue four harley quinn the animated series eat buying kill tour issue three uh human target issue two so this was something uh, this is the new tom king book that's starting in october as uh, a uh, new 12 issue book and you know what T- tom king 12 issue series on a, a smaller character is as perfect uh yeah. you know well I, I like that looks like uh what's her name uh fire and ice so that looks like mm. we are getting justice League international stuff oh yeah so... i think they're definitely in the book yeah uh, mm-hmm. obviously they're not the, the, the main focus but they're definitely there no 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 but like just him writing that era should be fun that's all yeah i think i think he's got another project coming up as well uh mm-hmm. presumably once uh these other books that are just wrapping up are done. And speak, speaking of his covers, I saw one where he wrote "I'm sorry" in the corner, <laughs> and I just that 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 I should... love that Tom King. That... He seems like a good guy. Every yeah. issue of Heroes in Crisis he ever signs should have an "I'm sorry." <laughs> if I ever get them signed, because I do own them, uh-huh. uh, I'm gonna ask him. Please, you, you should take a, take a selection of his different work that you've got and yeah. say, uh-huh. "I just want a signature on these ones, but on Heroes in Crisis specifically, I'm sorry yeah. would be nice." <laughs> An apology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I caught a rocket season one issue five, Justice League issue seventy. Uh, still so that looks like it's no longer double shipping, right? No, no. The, the only thing that's double shipping in these solicits so Batman. far is Batman, uh, okay. which is cool because uh, it's the, the sort of event style thing. Uh, Justice League Infinity issue 5. Um, Justice League Infinity issue 6 is also advanced solicited for December. Justice League Last Ride issue 7, the final issue of that. That's the Zarsky uh, story, which had a decent first issue, but uh, it just I fell behind because issue 2 was on a busy week and it just wasn't that great to want to keep going with. Uh, Legends of the Dark Knight issue 7, uh, Looney Tunes 263, Mad Magazine 23, Nubia and the Amazons, why, why is this after the Looney Tunes? <laughs> uh, Nubia and the Amazons issue 2, uh, and then issue 3 is advanced solicited for December, um, Pennyworth issue 4, 
Refrigerator full of heads. Oh, something interesting again. Um, yeah. is coming uh in November issue two. Really nice cover as well. Actually, it's uh the you got that yeah. sunset in the background with the. I am I am very curious because it's not Hill doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see how different it's gonna feel. Yeah. You know? I really like that first book, but I'm I'm definitely curious to see how this sort of sequel that's set in a different time period uh, is going to fare. I'm really intrigued. Mm -hmm. uh, Robin issue eight, yeah, still just some the order of these solicits is a bit weird this time. I, I guess they're just in alphabetical order, but they're, they're a bit odd. Uh, Static season one issue six, Suicide Squad issue nine, Suicide Squad issue ten gets an advanced solicit. That's weird because that's a regular book, but hey, whatever. Uh, so that's for December. Uh, Suicide Squad. King Shark issue three uh, is coming out. Uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow issue five, obviously containing the Tom King book. Superman seventy eight issue four uh, is coming out in November as well. Teen Titans Academy issue nine. Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries issue eight. The Flash seven seven six. The Joker issue nine. Joker presents a puzzle box issue four. Issue five of that is also advanced solicited for December. Nice House in the Lake issue six. Oh, so many books in these solicits. Nice House in the Lake issue six uh, for November. And it is worth mentioning that this has gone on a five-month break, uh, which wasn't always planned. That is not a, a surprise. This was another part right. of the news this week. Is that they always planned a break. There's going to be a cliffhanger uh, at the end of this issue for that break. So... Oof. Really, really stringing this along, huh? Yeah, well, apparently it's just so to ensure that they have uh, Martinez uh, on the whole. No, bit, so. I know that, but I'm sure the cliffhanger is going to be oh, like yeah. a huge, you know. Uh, Swamp Thing issue 9 is it, which is really sad because issue 10 is the last one. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you got that. Titans United issue 3, which is a book I forgot existed, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, me too. Wonder Girl issue 7. Oh, that's a nice cover, actually. Simple yes, that cover. Is. Simple cover, but nice cover. And then the the one after it's also very nice. Uh, the variant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you got Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman Black and Gold issue six. Then Wonder Woman seven eight one. And that's like the trades. Oh, we're done finally. Yeah. <laughs> finally. Well, Star Superman's getting a deluxe. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm. Pl I mean, I'm pleased they're still doing uh, like the Cape Crusader collections, which is like that post Crisis Batman era of just Batman issues. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of nice that they're still that going up to volume six. Um. So that's kind of neat. So that that keeps going. Um. So. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So. Oh, that's interesting. How they collecting Urban Legends Volume One? That's actually kind of an intriguing mm -hmm. batch. How many? Yeah. Now, you, do you think they're going to put it in order, right? So, like, all the stories are, are in order, or do oh, you think Matt, they'll just... Your yeah. mic is going. It, it looks like it's only the Zarsky and Rosenberg stories, just based on the yeah. credits. Oh, snap. It may just be those two six-issue, or six-and-five-issue. Well, so, yeah. I wonder if that means it's going to be, like, an anthology style for Volume 2, or are all those little stories in the middle going to be collected with relevant later stories that they're going to lead into, maybe. That's interesting. That's interesting to see how they'll collect that. Uh, but yeah, so... Okay. Neat. There you go. Finally. That is us. That is uh, <laughs> November's epic solicits. A lot of interesting stuff in there. And a lot of books that I think are, are quite interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. So... That's interesting. Uh, 
Also, are they splitting Green Lantern Volume One into two books? Like one with the 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 John Stewart story and one with the other story? I I already clicked away and I don't want to. Are you doing? Yeah, it's just fine. Uh, I'm just yeah. noticing because there's there's like two different like text for it. Oh, there's only one title. Oh, it's kind or of... maybe they're just maybe they'll split it down the middle. Yeah, it's Green, yeah. Green Lantern Volume One Invictus and. Yeah. Oh no, that's a separate book. Okay, maybe it is just all. Yeah, okay, maybe it is just all the stories. Okay. It, it's it's weird though. They've got like the format in here is really weird. It's like they're bleeding to solicit text together because the Harley Quinn solicit was uh mm. sort of like connected to it. Uh, mm. very strange. But hey, okay. Uh, so let's just click away from this because we have spent enough time on solicits. Yes. Uh, and we've already covered the news that was going to be brought up, which was the uh the Titan stuff. Uh, which is sad to see him go, but uh. Uh, what's, uh, Siri, or whoever that is? <laughs> no, my phone uh, went rogue. I was checking something, and a pop-up video decided to play, and I was trying to turn it down. So, <laughs> I'm having all kinds of issues today, guys. I apologize. Matt's wife, Matt's cat, and now Matt's phone have all, <laughs> yep. have all chimed in over the course of this show. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Let us get into the books, then. Infinite Frontier, issue four, Joshua Williamson writing with like three or four hours. Too many. Yeah, <laughs> Too many yeah to we got Pelletier, Soft on My Head, Zermanico. There's one more. Who's the last one? My, my real is if there's more than two, I don't write them down. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's just too much. It's too much. God damn, Pete. <laughs> disrespect to the art. It's not a disrespect. <laughs> if, there's, if there's more than two, I don't want to memorize it. I'll mention them when I'm looking at the credits page, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, because it. Because they, my my list here also acts as the timestamps, and you don't want to make them too long, or they're just True. like unwieldy. Yeah. Okay, that's it. I'm just keeping it nice and neat, formatting just, wise. Just the way you said it, though. I, <laughs> I mean, just quickly, I guess. Uh, did you enjoy issues two and three? Do you like what the yes, book's been doing? Yeah. It feels very much like um, like uh, this is a direct descendant of Crisis. Crisis, like. Because we we were comparing it last time a little bit to fifty two, it felt a little fifty two ish. Yeah, I mean, especially this issue, I definitely get that. Yeah. Um, but I, just with all the multiversal shenanigans and all of that kind of stuff at play, this is definitely a. a, a it has its basis in a crisis. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't call this a crisis itself because it's not that big, but. Um, it, it's yeah. de it's dealing with the fact that the worlds are more aware that crises have happened because before yes. they they haven't. So there's a lot of yeah. obviously direct all, all the to worlds it. at this point, as as we learn. Um, the other artist is Jesus Marino. There you so, go. There we go. Um, but you know, Williamson definitely like it all makes sense why John's handpicked him for Flash. Is there's mm -hmm. a lot of similarities that Williamson likes to play with continuity and not just like changing things. But just like with the whole multiversal stuff in the last page here and what he does there, it felt very John Zane to me. Yeah, I yeah, I think well, some of his ideas in Flash and the back half just weren't that good. Mm -hmm. I I do also think part of it was that he was a victim of all the changes that were going on and maybe what he was like told they could couldn't do and things like that. Yeah. Um so here we have uh Captain Carter and Machine Head. So it kind of establishes Machine Head as a character because it's going to do something with him bigger later in the book. Uh, um, this whole time I thought Machine Head was an actual machine uh, because that's the, the the world they come from. Um, so seeing seeing without the helmet, very Darth Vader esque, mm -hmm. right? 
Yeah. Um, oh, you don't actually get to see it, though. Obviously, you only see him from behind to kind of... Yeah, so you see them. him from behind, but the helmet's off, and I was like, oh, I thought he was an android, you know? Um, so I'm trying to see if I can get any information on Machine Head, like who, who, what, what Earth 8 is actually supposed to be. Uh, I'm going to see... Earth 8 no, is... it's just an analog of Iron Man. Okay. So from from Earth Eight, um, the Retaliators. Okay. But but yeah, so I, I this whole time I didn't think there was a man in there, so that was that was a nice shock. But but yeah, it it sets off. Oh okay. Earth Eight is where Lord Havoc. You remember that that bad Orlando Justice League book that we read? Oh way, yeah. Way yes, Justice League of America. Yes. The Lord Havoc and the Extremist comes from the same Earth. This. He's part machine heads part of the Avengers. So there's a there's a guy here that looks like um if you mix Captain America with Shining Knight, you know. Okay. Yeah, it's uh so this is where the world the machine head. I thought machine head came from the all robot world. So that's that's where my confusion came from. But yeah, anyways, um you got Machine Head and Captain Carrot having some Yeah, it's it's just setting up stuff for later. Uh just establishing though there. Uh President Superman's taking Thomas Wayne back to the White House on his Earth, uh, where we get kind of a taste for just yeah, again a bit more of his life and uh, his like his first aid or whoever whatever this woman's direct role is. Uh, mm. You know she's kind of into him, and Thomas Wayne notices this. Then yeah. uh, we see that he's got kind of like a, a virtual fortress that he can kind of spawn in his office in, in the Oval Office. <laughs> yes. I love that idea. Uh, uh, but you know, they're, they're trying to track down this this Superman's Lex Luthor because he's probably mm-hmm. behind the building of these devices, these ships, and they suit up and they go to find him and are surprised to find that he is already dead. That someone has already killed him before he could do anything or speak about who hired him or whatever else. Um, it confirms on the next page that Cameron Chase did survive uh, mm-hmm. the explosion because we because we. Obviously, because it introduced uh, last couple of issues that there were multiple DEOs and different Earths working together, and that there's multiple of these ships. We were speculating that maybe it's just, this is just a different chase, but this mm-hmm. this confirms that it is the same chase. Right. Uh, Bones actually sent her there to kind of prove the threat that beings from other Earths and other universes mm-hmm. could, you know, prove to be for our main Earth or Earth Zero. Um, and what's interesting here is so they, they've captured uh, Alan Scott and an Obsidian. And mm-hmm. I actually kind of like the subtle touch here that the ship that they're about to leave on silver, because the one that's in space that we, we heavily focused on last issue is gold, just to make it very mm-hmm. obvious that we're dealing with mm-hmm. two different ships. Um, and obviously all the people we know that are on that other ship, which uh, uh-huh. I'm sure you were excited by when they all revealed uh-huh. themselves last uh-huh. issue. But... Uh, yeah, so we we have this. Uh, what was what was this stupid name? This this woman who works for him as extract. E- extract, yes. Um. So they're they're going on the ship. They're going to load them on there. Bones uh, was not going to go, but Cameron Chase and actually one of my favorite little moments of this this book in terms of like a, a lettering slash art moment mm-hmm. is after Bones has spent like several pages talking about how look at this threat, all the greatest threats we've ever had have come from other worlds, other Earths other universes we have to fight back against this we have to come to a solution and it turns out that a lot of other worlds kind of agree with that sentiment um mm-hmm. she shoots him in the leg and drags him onto the ship and says no we're all going together because she needs answers 
I love the way the lettering of the word bang is uh, sort of like it- italicized yeah. up against the trajectory of where the bullets uh-huh. went. I really like that yeah. panel. I think that's a great no, panel. That's good. I like that. I also like that he seems to shift between realities from director bones to, you know, the, what was his original name? Yeah. Uh, when he was a villain. Oh God. With, I can't uh, remember. With the Cape. Yeah. And stuff <laughs> like he shifts. Between it. But real quick, I just, I just want to focus on, on the page before that with all of the threats. Right. And just about how this is almost like a history of, DC yeah, he brings it. up like a like a hologram of like uh-huh. all these various multiversal people. So there's like you, you get like Golden Age Wonder Woman, Silver Age Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. sort of Rebirth esque Wonder Woman. Same with Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. and a bunch and of stuff. other characters. But over on the right side of the page, though, you got you know, um, yeah, Monitor. You got Parallax. You got Monarch. Alexander Luther. You got Pandora. The Batman who laughs. Superman Prime. Extant. Uh, a, a brainiac, uh, Professor Zoom, uh, Doctor Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, just and then on the opposite side with, with over there, where where you got uh, what's her name? Perpetua from, from that was Perpetua, um, and and Mixie, and then the Anti Monitor, and it's just like, you know, as a longtime DC reader, I like stuff like this, like these little Easter eggs. But it, it really is Williamson going like, yes, this, I am playing in the continuity sandbox. Yeah. And everything you, everything is going to pull together. So I trust Williamson at this point. Like, he's putting these characters in here. I mean, I, I don't know, know how much I trust all of this is going to be relevant necessarily, but mm-hmm. I do trust that this is him saying, all of this mattered. All of this happened. Yeah. All of it ma- matters. And, it, you know, it's all... It, think of all of it as we're going forward and not everything yeah. is going to be relevant like, ultimately, but like the fact that we got Dr. Manhattan right there next to the anti-monitor, like just as a DC fan, like that's wild. Yeah. So, it, it establishes as them as both, uh, being equally part of DC's yeah. canon as it were. Right. And so, so it's really neat. but yeah, and then, and, and we get to the fun stuff with, with infinity Inc on the gold ship with, with Roy. Um, and like it can't be a mistake that that that's why these members of the Justice Society, right? Like these these were the next generation. This is the Atom Smasher and Damage and Wildcat Two and Power Girl, Jade. You know they almost they don't have a home. Yeah, because so... it says they 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 sort of got together because they were trying to like figure out. Everyone came back after everything got reset. Um mm-hmm. and when they were back at the you know the the GSA headquarters they got ambushed by Extract and they all ended up on this on this ship although Jade technically ended up on the outside of the ship but obviously was mm-hmm. taken aboard um because they're because they're ready to fight Roy they recognize he's a Black Lantern but then she recognizes that it's Roy and he, he calms down mm-hmm. and like hey why don't you just take the ring off and he's like well I don't know if I'll stay alive if I take the ring off and I just yeah. real I just had a vision that my daughter's alive so I'm not. Yeah. leaving until i've like met her and you know dealt with that so <laughs> yeah i love i love too that when she mentions like we were on the titans and the outsiders together like that's my era when i started reading comics like so it just shouts out like that it, you know a small line that doesn't mean a whole lot but to me it's it's a big you know reference point when I started reading comics. It makes it a lot more enjoyable when the, the all of the history that 
it's certainly from the last several decades it's still intact yeah. to some extent yeah. it, 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 it just it feels so frivolous when they just throw it all away and start from mm-hmm. scratch again constantly which is right. you know part of why new 52 was so annoying but right and so just that small little reference there and him bringing up his daughter being still being alive like in that tie and what we know from catwoman you know um and yeah. how, how's that gonna play and so um but yeah, then the gold ship gets to Earth Omega. Yeah, which and... I mean, they don't know where the destination is. You know, no. one of them says, "No, we need to find out where this leads." So they press the button, and it's like Earth Omega. Oh shit! And then immediately Roy's like, "Hey, I saw this in a vision. This is like dark sides here." And we uh-huh. see Barry still in the big, you know, cosmic hamster wheel. Uh-huh. Uh, Psycho pirates making him do this, and then out of nowhere, the silver ship that we saw take off from Earth Zero crashes into them it's just beamed here as well it and like almost phases into them yeah yeah you know, the front of the ship of the just gets yeah like disintegrated basically the, the, mm-hmm. you know like presumably most of our main characters are further back yeah. in the ship so it's fine but um you know do we have this big crash landing uh all the sound effects of the may days which actually transitions nicely into back into president superman uh you know flashpoint batman mm-hmm. who are in like his fortress and they've got the uh, machine head oh no sorry not the fortress they're in the, the house of heroes the house but, of heroes uh machine heads basically built one of these ships out of the plans they got from the dead lex luthor's hideout and you're like okay so they're going to go and they're gonna, all going to converge at earth omega and that's where he wants to go and then all of a sudden uh, uh there's an emotional beat for batman i'm crossing i'm skipping over i'll go back to that in a second yeah. but all of a sudden machine head swerves he makes a heel turn it turns out that him and a lot of other characters from various worlds have all agreed that they shouldn't be mingling, and all it does is create problems and crisis and chaos. So they've all agreed. Now, how much this connects to the DEO stuff, we're not. I don't know for sure yet. Maybe it yeah. will. Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's completely separate. But yeah, he attacks the the rest of the uh, Justice Incarnate, um, and he beams aboard like a bunch of his allies and we see like a, a joker from an earth where he's a yellow lantern yeah, we see a magog who kicked off last issue yeah we see a savannah uh, right uh i think uh-huh. that's super, superwoman from earth three from earth three uh, doomsday from the uh uh action comics run uh that morrison did where okay, he's yeah like, I that's, not... that's the guy whose head gets cut off right there yeah i didn't and recognize then, him but i'll tell you yeah, what and then dr fate um, when they try to make him like an edgy '90s um, uh, Lobdell, not Lobdell, Liefeld character. Um, so, yeah, again, this is the type of page that I feel it feels very Johnsy, and where not just because you're pulling all these characters from different things, but like Machine Head's whole reason is we fought a secret war and I lost, and I don't lose. And Earth Zero is the problem. This is all, you know, so we're going to basically take out Earth Zero and disconnect everything <clears throat> and go back to being separate. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's how I read it. No, no, that's, that's more or less how I read it as well. I'm I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays in. You know, we, we got the big reveal last issue of the young, uh, you know, GSA characters all being back. This issue, we got this team of extra villains, this third party that are up to no good as well so it, it you know it is very jonesy in, in the sense that it, you know every issue seems to have a big reveal towards the end that we can really sink our teeth into and go ooh and ah and it makes some amount of sense at least so far um mm-hmm. i, I do want to focus a little bit on the thomas wayne moment though mm-hmm. 
because he's feeling kind of guilt you know he doesn't want to go back to earth zero because he doesn't want to you know he he everything he tried to do in tom king's batman run he feels guilty he he tried to do all this and he, he doesn't want to see the damage he caused and he gets a glimpse so he sees batman with the bat family who are kind of reformed at this point and they are you know we've been seeing this in the bat books that they are more unified again and he's like hey he's got a family he's he's actually in a better place and he sees like you know a, a visual of like all the different batmen right he sees you know batman beyonds in the background uh-huh. we recognize a few of the others and um, but he sees that all these different earths all have a batman they're all bruce wayne and he comes to this realization because he his whole thing is that he was like no because of what happened to you know his yeah. version of thomas and martha mm-hmm. he became batman and he felt that bruce shouldn't be batman he should be bruce and that he shouldn't have to have this this uh you know, this this calling that he's, he's dedicated himself to. And he has this moment where he looks up and realizes that he was always going to be Batman. Like, he's Batman in all these Earths. Like, my Earth, where I became Batman, is the is the exception. My Earth's right. the oddity. And that and that one doesn't exist anymore, because he's yeah. a fragment of it, so... So, he, he smiles as he says this and sort of realizes that, no, my son was always going to be Batman. Uh, I, I found that an oddly sweet moment, and I think what I like mm-hmm. about this... And what's so good here about the editorial of this is that sometimes, and especially in New 52, you got the sense that, okay, you may have like a guest starring character from another book who'll pop into something, but you got the feeling that they weren't allowed to have any real character development until they were back in the book they were supposed to be in because they'd be too worried about, oh, you know, like that has to happen in the main book that the character's from because they can't have development because otherwise the readers won't, you know, everything has to be self contained. Mm-hmm. And I think. In the same way that, you know, it can, it can feel like almost like a filler appearance where they'll show up, but they won't do anything of note other than just have like a fun appearance because they can't have any advancement. I kind of like here that, you know, a character like Thomas Wayne can just kind of continue elsewhere and have a, a, an important story beat for themselves. And this actually makes it more exciting that if he ever does meet regular Batman again, if he ever meets our Bruce Wayne again, it'll be informed by this realization that he's had yeah. where we'll go, Oh, this is actually interesting because he came to this conclusion that you were always going to be Batman. And I was wrong to try and change that. I was wrong yeah, to try well, and alter that. And just the idea that he looks at him with the, with the bat family he goes, no, he has a family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not this lonely pursuit that, you know, when we saw him pop up in King's run of him trying to convince him not to be Batman anymore because of all the pain and, and that it causes, and I just I feel like again that's that's Williamson here, adding tags onto things that that make to me that makes that that King stuff pop a little bit better because yeah. of the realization he has here. Uh, well, you know? You know, if, whenever I get around to someday rereading that King run, mm-hmm. I think I'll like some of this Flashpoint Batman stuff mm-hmm. better because I know where right. you know he ultimately you know leads up. You know it does, it does mm-hmm. improve it a little bit, not much, yeah. but a little bit. No, but yeah, a little. And I and it was a really nice moment. And we all know how I am with Batman stuff mm-hmm. but just hear him seeing his you know like no he's this is what he's meant for you know almost like it's a destiny thing like there, there's always got to be a batman you know and, and on his earth like you said it was thomas and those circumstances are far worse than most of these other ones right that, yep. that we're looking at here so but you know it was just really really good and then just that heel turn with uh with machine head that now that i look at his face He's got a, a Tony Stark mustache, you know. So he's also got uh, a bit of a, a Deadpool sort of thing yeah, going, where he's, where he's not in the best of health. The looks of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I, I will say I think this issue 
has the probably the best emotional peak because of that Batman moment. And mm-hmm. I think issue three might be my favorite overall for plot because it just introduced so many cool things with the GSA characters. Um, it kind of felt, felt like it was starting to come together because it revealed the DEO stuff, what Bones was up to. Um, but I, I'm enjoying it. I, I think it's a really yeah. fun wider continuity book that's playing with a lot of characters who don't otherwise get to be used as often. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of neat. So a- anything that can come out of this for a lot of these characters that we like and we want to see more of, uh, I'm all for it. So uh, uh, the art is kind of the same story as it's been the whole book, which is mm-hmm. obviously getting all parts, inconsistent. You know, Paul Tier is definitely the weakest of the artists, uh, typically, I would say. At least it's for yeah, me. But I, I still like it, though. I like that yeah. I could recognize Pelletier from, you know, um, when it when it does take over. But I, I would say that Marino and Zermonico complement each other a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I, I You know, I, like I say, my favorite moment is probably the gunshot from Chase to Bones in the leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think it's a really great moment just from a, a like a, like a beat in the story, but also just the way it's, yeah. it's done with the, with the art and the layering. Uh, but not a lot of good beats in this one. Uh, excited to see where it goes. So, uh, and excited to see, like you know, how this dark side stuff plays out. Because you know, Chase points out that he said, you know, uh, the what do you call him? Uh, Atom. I think I did. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Captain Atom. Yeah. Yeah. He said dark side is before he died. Right. So I'm, you know, really curious to see all the dark side stuff playing out. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know if you're referring to one of the. Justice League or Justice uh, no, Society yeah, members. I know. There's so many. You got Adam Smasher, you got Damage. Yeah. He has an Adam, but I was like, wait, which one are we talking about? Because they were also talking about Dark Side, which I do like that Williamson <clears throat> is is playing into the. There's only one Dark Side, mm-hmm. right? Like Dark Side's not a multiversal. Like there's one Dark Side, and I kind of like that. Like if, almost, if, he's a Nexus <laughs> being, if you will. Yes. If, if we if we put all this into wrestling terms again, if Dark Side was to come out to to some entrance music, it would be. Okay. The Chetney Hawkins, the one and the only, uh, yeah. which is a very British pop song. But if you've seen the movie Moon, it features in that because it's ironic in that's that true. movie. I am the one yeah. and only. Yeah, that's very that's very ironic. When you know that movie <laughs> yes. Yeah. No one I'd rather be. Oh, also, man. it's just it's just a funny visual thinking of Darcy yeah. coming out to that. <laughs> that yeah, that director was going to do so many good things. Then he did Warcraft. And we never heard from him again. Oh no, I heard from him again. I saw mute, and it was terrible. Oh no, that's that's Paul Rudd too, right? Oh, Paul pa- Paul Rudd plays like such a weird creep in that movie as well. Yeah, man, that's a shame. Yeah, it's not it's not a typical Paul Rudd role. I'll tell you that much. All right, Matt, what are you rating? Uh, I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Eight point five, but it's a really solid. They're getting a lot of the big stuff that it's doing. I think Joshua Williamson. Uh, is is actually a surprisingly good fit for this type of story with all these different mm-hmm. characters, because yep. uh, you know I was a little bit down on him towards the end of Flash, but clearly yeah. between this and Robin, he's got a lot of juice left in him. Uh, so mm-hmm. cool. Detective Comics one thousand forty one. Uh, Mariko Tamaki writing Dan Mora on the art. So this is the second part of the jury story, which was a really fun reveal last issue. Um, and so did you? I'm going to assume no. But I'll ask just in case. Did you read the Huntress Secret Files? I did. Oh, you did. Oh, good. Yeah, it's it's Tamaki. I, I try to read. Yeah. You know. Well, because I because Connor didn't, and I read that and went. Oh, by the way, yeah. Connor, 
this literally ties into everything that's going on Detective, mm-hmm. and even says at the end to be continued in Detective Comics. Yeah, <laughs> you know, issue whatever. Which which I did like there because it was kind of like a murder mystery with her being able to yes. have like pre precognitive stuff because of vile. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's not so much precog. It's more so just to explain no. this for anyone who didn't uh, hear what I, I said about the, that, that that issue or didn't read the Huntress mm-hmm. issue. Is that Huntress because she was infected and is now being cured? She actually can now occasionally see through the eyes of other people who have been infected and obviously the people who are infected by this parasite eventually kill for uh vile um so mm-hmm. and that issue ended with a cliffhanger of bruce wayne is infected we have to find bruce so obviously this issue has this kind of hanging over it where all issue you're kind of like how are we going to get to that point like where are we going with this and it was actually yeah. a really neat thing where you know eventually turns out to be the jury have weaponized it into a bullet they've taken like a sample from hugh so, vile and put it into a bullet, bullet capsule so i don't like vile at all but seeing them rip his mouth open and 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 pull out a piece of him to put into the bullet was brutal oh yeah super nasty yeah the world like, building that that tamaki's done with like building her gotham and obviously incorporating the cano and the other elements that have been set up yeah. elsewhere but you know just, just starting with like Talking about how we have to, like, you know, fix the subway system now, the infrastructure, because of all those explosions that have already happened. Yeah. Having Deb, like, yell in the hospital when they mention those survivors that have been cured. So they can cure this if they find them. It's, you yeah. know, it's, it's not incurable. Yeah, so there's... So when, when we know that Bruce was infected, like, we know because Huntress was was cured. Um, but <laughs> trying, to, trying to cure a Batman that has a, a vial worm, whatever these are. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be a challenge, I bet. Given how skilled he is, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The example I think of, you know, the scene in Kingsman. Uh, so the thing mm-hmm. in Kingsman is that there's a signal that will turn people into just like chaotic murders, and mm-hmm. in Kingsman there's a great action sequence in the in, in a church because yep. uh, Colin Firth's character happens to be like a highly trained super spy. So mm-hmm. he's affected just like everyone else is, but because he's got the training, he wipes everyone else out because they're all not yep. trained and he is. So right. that's what I'm it's thinking. Really good. That's what I'm thinking here with Batman is that because he's Batman and he's as skilled as he is, they're going to have a hard time catching him. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a lot of fun. So yeah. the big cliffhanger last issue of, of Detective is that uh, his new apartment was was blown up. <laughs> so can't catch a break. He goes down into the uh, into the sewers and his like base has been uh, blown up as well. Although it was probably uh, like security measures to stop anyone from finding anything. But all the same, as he points out, still means he has no equipment. <laughs> so he, the, yeah. the scene that cracked me up is when he's talking to Oracle at the diner. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Moore's art, the guy that's in the foreground has eyes on Bruce as he's talking about stuff blowing up yeah. <laughs> and him not being able. And it's just the look of him like, this, this dude's nuts. Uh, all they are, like him running in the tunnels from when he hears the police uh, like mm-hmm. coming out of the manhole. The little comedy beat where this woman with a baby, or that's a little dog, uh, runs away, yeah. uh, and he's like, fair. Because obviously he knows it looks creepy, yeah. him coming out of this manhole with a hoodie up. And yeah. I love that he has to find like a place where he can charge his phone so he can call Oracle, because none of his tech is like operational. Uh, and they tease that new Batgirl outfit. She's sitting there in the, the clock tower, uh, in the watchtower, and there's uh, you know, just the Batgirl outfits like, you know, sitting up, you know, at the wall. Mm-hmm. So that's neat. Uh, and she's like, hey, you've got some backup equipment uh, at the docks, but yeah. it's old equipment. So that's like, it's this great page where you see him in yep. the blue cape with the yellow oval. And it's this old school outfit. 
I almost I was gonna ask if Dan Moore just wanted to draw that suit, so they worked it in. But then I was like, wait, he doesn't color his own art. Yeah. Oh, and he's got trunks yeah. as well. So I didn't even think yeah. about that before. But he's got yeah. the trunks. Yeah. That's that's was yep. great. I I I love uh, blue cape era Batman mm-hmm. as an outfit. So uh, I was all about this. Uh, and then the next page is this great. It's like another full page spread of him looking out the city. It's basically Gotham's Times Square, and all of the like screens all say, um, Batman. You know, uh, deliver Bruce Wayne. You know, then sign so, the jury. <laughs> so Worth can't figure out that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person, despite fighting. You know, being in the same room, which I love. I just love that idea. They're just big and dumb, but they want Batman and Bruce Wade for the jury. Yeah, and it's just to me, it's just a nice little touch from Do, Tamaki there. Do you know what I think about this? Is that I feel like this Times Square esque area of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always kind of had areas like this. I feel like this is the exact same one that was shown in Future State that Tamaki did. Yeah. It, it feels like it's, there's a consistency of like, oh, this is a, yeah. a, a set piece of the city. I didn't I didn't think about that until you just mentioned it. That makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of neat. Uh, so we, we cut to the jury, which is, uh, you know, Worth, Penguin, and the uh, whoever, whoever Falcones left. Yeah, you, you had some people from the Falcones, yeah. and yeah, some... I've heard some other crime family names get brought up. Yeah, they they are here as like Batman showing up in silhouette, the way he's all you know in the shadows, mm-hmm. um, and he starts talking to Worth and he tries to say you know the police looked into Bruce Wayne, and he's innocent, and Worth just won't accept it, and he tells him to you know open fire, and so it's all nice shadowy art, and then you have this great stuff where it's just all these like lines of gunfire aiming at Batman and him like dodging there's a great panel one of the ones that i like because the panels are all obviously like normal panels for the most part there's some angled panels that you know when worth slams his hands that's in a sort of like angled panel with a sort of like kind of stretched out corner Mm -hmm. but it's mostly regular like boxes and rectangles and squares and then you get to the gunshots and it's all angular it's all you know different and to give you the sense of the action the one that I really like is the the panel of all of the actual guns firing, and they're all sort of pointing down. I just love this idea that they've assembled a firing squad because they know what Batman's like. So like, no, no, just get yep. a line of people all with machine guns so that yep. there's no like space to like get this wrong. Yeah. I I just I don't know like everything about this action set piece just really worked for me. Uh, mm-hmm. really into that in the art, and then we get like a little flashback to like them because we knew we knew they had Vile that was like part of the cliffhangers last issue right. but we see like a, a flashback all in green of them ripping out like you know part of his parasite and taking a sample it had been loaded into a gun and then of course someone fires it at Batman and he falls down and starts to turn and he's all demented and that's when it cuts back uh-huh. to uh, Huntress who's like hey Oracle like where's where's Batman we have to find him he's infected don't ask me how I know I just do and sure enough, the the cliffhanger's Batman, you know, looking all demented with the red eyes, and yep. he's ready to go for blood. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to just say it's perfect, but it's pretty much perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I wasn't expecting it to go to the places that it did. With I figured, mm-hmm. like, they would cure Bruce before it set in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be one of those comic cliffhangers that resolves itself real quick. But no, they're really going for it. It makes sense. Given the Huntress issue, it makes sense because she only sees through his eyes once he's infected. So it makes sense that it's not until he's actually infected in this moment that this is the same moment she's seeing it. And that's why she's calling Oracle. So it all all does tie up really nice. Yeah. uh, Between that one shot and then this this main story. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the art is phenomenal. Like, you know, we've, we've been swapping between Dan Mora and Bogdanovich, and it's, like, really hard to get. I mean, yeah. I think I like Mora's art a, a bit more, but it's, like, Bogdanovich is still so good. But this this Mora art is just, like, it's, it's so clean and pulpy. The colouring's so colourful and vivid. It was, it was a nice embrace when, when you open it up and it's the Dan Mora art. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Bogdanovich, or yeah, but Bogdanovich is a director. Um, the other guy, Victor. Not that there's anything wrong with his his art. That's Bogdanovich. What are you talking about? It's Bogdanovich. I'm yeah. sorry, again. I was like, Four I was asleep. I, I I thought you were going to like like correct yourself slightly, yeah. as if you'd pronounced it just slightly wrong. But then you sort of I said thought, that. I as... thought maybe I did, but anyways, um, no, it's just like a, it's just like a nice embrace, and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's like Batman's almost the character that. Mora was was meant to draw, and then you get to that that Times Square page, and everything mm-hmm. just works with the colors and the inks and everything, and you feel the vibrancy there. You know, like 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 in the Future State, which I should have put the connections together, of that neon Blade Runner esque. You know, this is slightly different, but it has the same vibrancy. Yeah, now I I you know lo- I've been loving this book, and I think. Last issue I really dug. This issue I think is just as good, if not even better. Uh, I, I'm loving the world that's built in Gotham. I'm loving this collection of villains that are now working together. Uh, Deb Donovan, who then goes into the, this backup here, and honestly, the, the the fact that these backups are still so good, uh, mm-hmm. the, and this one's setting up a, a another story, of course, uh, that's a different book. But it, I love that it's using Deb Donovan to do it. Is you know, it's, it's using a character that was set up in this very book. But using her and her journalism to set up then uh, this Suicide Squad or uh, Task Force Z that's that's coming, which is going to be, um, uh, Williamson, right? No, uh, it's Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm mixing up uh, my names here, but yeah, Rosenberg uh, is going to go and do that book. So I love that Rosenberg is setting that up in the context of using this detective backup. But it's still making it feel like it's relevant to Detective by using a character from Detective that is unique to a Detective. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, the the way this is all coming together is all, like, very nice. Um, so yeah, so the Deb Donovan story again, where I think it very intentionally evokes the start of year one, because it starts off in the, uh, you know, the monorail uh-huh. in the city. And she tries to interview the transit, the head of transit. Uh, there's a fight in the train, so they have to go away. But someone slipped a, a note in her pocket we don't get to see what it is right away, but she goes to the morgue to see mm-hmm. some bodies, and she pays off the guy. And immediately, I was like, "Oh, this is how both um, the death of Bane in a day, and also the death of Man Bat in that pretty good backup story from an issue or two ago, mm-hmm. is actually going to be relevant to something." Because it, it did say at the end of that Man Bat story, continues right. in Detective Comics. And it's like, oh, wait, uh, Arkham Knight's disappeared, so, you know, she's still going to be around in some capacity. But I was like, okay, all right, it's setting up that someone's going to use these corpses of these these villains as some sort of zombie suicide squad. Uh, someone tries to kill her, Batman shows up to save her, tells her to drop the case. She goes to Vicky Vale and sort of, like, shares notes and says, hey, what advice have you got? Is... But she's got her attitude, she's got her kind of like, no, I'm not dropping this, are you kidding me? Um, Vicky's like, hey, Batman... If Batman says something, like, it's probably wise to follow it. Uh, the reveal at the end of this year is when she goes home, the person who gave her this note to, uh, you know, go and check out the bodies uh, was Red Hood. So mm-hmm. Jason's sitting there eating her cereal. In fact, 
that final bit of narration, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the story found me, and it's eating my effing cereal. I thought was mm-hmm. a really funny. Uh, that is a good end one. To it. So, this is the. So this is this is just part one of this. So this is going to at least be a few parts. So these backups is going to be the build up to this Task Force Z, which is going to be its own book once it's set up. Uh, good backup. I, I, I you know. Yeah. If if the goal of this was to feel like a solid backup and also to make me interested in this Task Force Z book, it did an okay well, job at that. You got you got Bane and Mabat, so that's doing most of the heavy lifting for me, right? Sure, yeah. But then then you actually plot out the story that's gonna make me care, and it's right there. So yeah, plus Tip Donovan's one of those characters. That's a she's a nice addition to the Gotham uh, gallery of of citizens, you know. Yeah, because she's not like you know, Vicky Vale's like the hotshot reporter, but she's kind of the the sexy on camera reporter. This is like this is your your no nonsense. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Right. I'm going to get the story right. and piss everyone off. It was character. It's like during uh um, whose run was it on Nightwing where they where they brought him back to Bloodhaven, and he had Svoboda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, see, I'm gonna see kind of the yeah, yeah, and so just getting getting vibes of that. Just like this is a good addition to the, the supporting cast because uh, they are so unique. Yeah. So. Uh, the art in this backup is pretty good as well. It's uh, Dark Robertson mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is on the art. Uh, it does feel a little bit more old school. It feels a little, a little 90s, I'd say. But is it's a, a little pretty, bit. It's a, it's, a little bit, it's a solid 90s, though, uh, for, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, D-Pinks, all that kind of stuff, uh, which is good for Batman. You want the shadows, you want all that kind of uh, moodiness to kind of pop. Um so that's cool um yeah all right we can rate both stories are we giving the main story uh, i'm gonna give the the main story a nine yeah i'm oh, yeah, i'm gonna go 9.5 i'm gonna go, i'm gonna one up it this is exactly what i have a batman book to be honest uh backup backup i'm gonna give a, a 7.5 like it was really good but you know yeah yeah i think i'll, I'll half a point up yeah i'll see uh mm. I, I think this is the only book where I'm excited and continuously feeling like I'm being rewarded for reading the backups. Like, I, you know, I, I I don't even hesitate now. Uh, unless I see, like, a creator who I hate, maybe, I'll, I don't think I'm going to hesitate when it comes to the backups right. of Detective. So, uh, that is an achievement in and of itself. So, good stuff. Um, Alright, cool. So, this is the part of the show where I talk... Mm-hmm. For a long time, yeah. and Matt, I'll chime in where he can. But Matt, because he was so yeah. behind in his books, uh, didn't read a few of these <laughs> coming yeah. up. Well, uh, and, and I, to, to be fair, I think I'm done with with um, Gotham. Uh, what's that one? Just it. Not well. That one. The 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 big one. Um, Urban Legends. Yeah, yeah. I want to read Urban Legends. I don't know if I'm going to have time going forward. If it's going to be like this, and I have to prioritize other ones. Sure, no, um, that makes sense. Um, yeah. What's funny so, is that I kind of felt like I might be winding down with it after mm-hmm. uh, the Zarsky stories wrapped up, but then I yeah. really liked some of the other stories in this one, so yeah. like, it feels like something that I might dip in and out of uh, if I'm... Yeah. A, depending on how busy the week is, but also mm-hmm. uh, what stories are in it and how, you know, yeah. if they sound interesting or what. But I mean, I still have to finish the Cheerdrop story. I'm, I'm invested in that one. I just haven't... Yeah had any time to read big ones so yeah so yeah, it's a bit of a yeah. bat block as well like these next three books yeah. that I, only i read out of the two of us are all bat books so mm-hmm. uh start with i am batman issue zero uh john ridley 
uh, writing, travel forming on art. Uh, and I have to say, I'm not like as enthusiastically positive about this uh, as okay. uh, as I thought I was going to be. Uh, and part of it, uh, uh, part of it's a little bit on me because I, I forgot that I hadn't read the last issue of the the digital series. Oh. <laughs> you gotta uh, get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, is a bit of a shame. But I was thinking, yeah, but this is an issue zero, which is leading into an issue one. It, it should be new reader friendly. And the fact that I read most of that series means that I should have a, a you know, mm-hmm. a, a better start than most do. Um, but it did kind of feel like it, it just kind of assumed that you knew a lot. It, it just kind of feels like it, 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 it expects you to be just keeping up with Jace and all of his stories so far. And I get why you might want to do that a little bit, but it did feel like it was maybe a little unfriendly if you ha- didn't have an understanding of various things uh, to do to do with Jace. And I, th- I think the fact, especially the next issue, which is an issue one, although I think issue zero this also applies to, is that it should be friendly to, to new readers. Um, mm. But so much of it, you know, like there's a flashback to Jace when he was training. Um, he's moving out of his parents' place because this is still obviously present day. And it brings into the idea that there's, there's a lot of riots going on in Alley Town right now into the plot, which is nice because okay. it's syncing up with Catwoman a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's dealing with the uh, the supporting cast that Jace has had, such as Montoya. Montoya grills out a, a, a cop for basically fighting with rioters. But they weren't in a riot. They, they were having a, a protest that was planned. They had uh, permits for it, and they hadn't started any trouble. It was the police that started trouble. So it's, you know, it's bringing in some of these topical issues. Um even brings up the fact that the protesters are wearing masks, uh, although the reason why they're doing that is because ever since the A-Day attack, um, the alley town has, like, basically there's, like, remnants of, like, gases and stuff, so they're all being safe. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of bringing a topical thing into it, but in its own context. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike that Azarello book from last week, which just start, straight up started talking about the insurrection. Uh, oh, me, boy. Me, me and Cara went on a whole rant about that last week. Yeah, that was oh, a, boy. That was a discussion. Um, and it sets up, uh, you know, again, these cop characters who are uh, the main one who's, like, kind of anti-vigilante, her pat- partner, Whitaker, who is a bit more pro-vigilante. Uh, but, you know, if you hadn't read the digital uh, book, you know, you, you might be a little less connected to the fact that, you know, this, this love interest from Jesse's past, uh, Hadja, mm-hmm. who was in one of the flashbacks in that story, um, mm-hmm. she, she shows up here and they have kind of a moment uh, together. Uh, he's got like an old like Wartech bat suit that he's got got his computer trying to decrypt, uh, or his his partner over the comms trying to decrypt so he can use the suit. Which he does by the end of the issue, he steps in mm-hmm. to help the, the 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 police and the the protesters who basically set off because some of the bad guys uh, who are kind of like in the book intentionally start shooting at the police to, to start to kick things off. Uh, but oh he ends boy. up he ends up making things look worse because he shows up right away, so it kind of looks like he started it. So like, hey, why is Batman instigating riots and like being the enemy of the people and and so on? So he feels very conflicted about that. Uh, the big complaint I have though is that there's a whole plot with him going to like a ship that's coming in because these bad guys mm-hmm. are like up to something, and I don't really feel like the the issue really set up the context for who's behind this, like who the main bad guy is that's hired these people, or why it matters to Jace. Or why he's trying mm-hmm. to stop it. It all kind of felt like stuff that was just kind of lingering from his other books that he's had before, uh, which is a bit of a shame. So I felt a little bit kind of disconnected from that. Um, and I know you could say, oh yeah, you should have finished that other miniseries. I should have, but it is an issue zero. I feel like it probably should be relatively No, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. I mean, that mini was, was pretty good. I mean, for 
being digital first, which was just, you know, the format I was never a fan of. Yeah, the format you know? I didn't like either, yeah. No. Um so but but no, you're right. An issue zero she shouldn't have to be it shouldn't feel like a continuation. Yeah. You know. So so it just kind of ends with him saying he has to be something else. He has to, you know, yeah. take the symbol that his father helped build and sort of turn it into something that represents something he's proud of instead. Mm-hmm. So uh, it says, you know, next, ti- next time, you know, I am Batman begins, basically. <laughs> uh, which is a, you know, a neat play in words. But I, mm. I have to admit, like, it, you know, I, I might not read this going forward. And part of it, it's not because I don't trust it to be better than what I think this issue is, because I'm sure it's going to be fine, uh, if not really good. But mm-hmm. because it is kind of like an extra book on top of so many books that are launching that I do think look really good in the coming months, mm-hmm. I think there is going to be some competition for what I spend my time reading uh, for the show. And I think this one, um, it, it feels a little less essential now having read this issue zero uh versus like all of these other bat books and i know it's kind of a shame because this this you know relatively new character yeah you know i I do want to give time to new characters but Mm -hmm. and it is well told enough but it doesn't necessarily feel like because i i guess what i was expecting from this i was expecting this to be kind of moved on to like a new chapter in jc's story and it still kind of feels like it's dealing with plot threads from that digital miniseries. And it's not just mm-hmm. that I am a little, not lost, but like not quite getting all the details because I didn't finish that book. But right. I was hoping it'd be more of a fresh start and say, no, 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 no. That wrapped up, and now he's starting his new chapter and has a new goal. Instead, it feels like it's kind of just rolling into this, and it still feels like we're dealing with the same kind of vague... He trained and was kind of like a, a, like a spy, and now he's like mm-hmm. shifting to vigilante... I was kind of hoping for more of a fresh, more definitive new start of him, like going on his path to being a, you know, like a back character, and yeah. So I think because because of my somewhat disappointment of that, combined with the fact that there's a bunch of books coming, this might be an easy drop, especially come next month when I look at the week and I go, do I want to read issue one of that or do I want to read this other book that started or this or whatever? (laughs) This ringing endorsement doesn't make you want to go back and and grab it uh, when I have time. Um, even if it's just near issue zero, maybe I'll just pick up the, yeah. the first issue when it does come out. But um, I know I enjoyed the, the digital first for the most part. I just, it definitely feels like they told Ridley they were doing 5G and we want you to write Batman. And so he wrote a bunch of stuff and they're just kind of like, well, we can't just sit there. I, you know, I like the supporting characters you know? and I like the stuff it's doing with the fact. Like, I, I think I'm going to make a point of reading issue one because there is a chance that issue one will actually feel like I wanted it to. Be- because this ends with him saying... I have to, you know, become sort of, you know, my own version of a bat, you know, Batman. Mm-hmm. Maybe issue one will feel more definitively like a fresh start because it is just going to be him starting off in that journey. Maybe it'll explain the villain yeah. that he's going after better. So, yeah, I, I think I'll make a point in reading issue one, but I am a little right now. I'm feeling like this might be an easy drop if I don't feel like it is a bit more like a, a nice start. Come issue one, it might be an easy drop just to make room for other things because there is a lot starting. Uh, over the next few months that I do what I read. No, for, for sure. Uh, for sure. So, it could be a casualty. It could be a casualty. But uh, mm-hmm. this issue, I'd, I'd probably give it like a 6.5. You know, it's fine. It's not okay. a bad issue. It's not a badly sure. written comic. Uh, sure. And Foreman's art solid. So that And that's the thing. Ridley's a really good writer. Yeah. Right? Like, so far, I've been disappointed by anything that he's written. 
even if it feels superfluous, like the the one that was in the back of that Gotham Underground, uh, where he got mm-hmm. his Robin, you know, um, or Future State, not Underground. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Either way, um, <clears throat> but yeah, but he he's a good writer, you know. Yes. Um, screenwriting translates to comics pretty well, so and they've given him good artists. Um, so yeah, it's it's a shame. Yeah, and I, you know I hate to fall back on the also it doesn't feel that important uh because that shouldn't really necessarily be what you base your comic reading on but it it does kind of feel like it is more skippable to, in terms of being connected now admittedly mm-hmm. at some point he's probably going to interact with some main bat family members and it'll probably be you know interesting and and entertaining and, and worth the look uh so i'll see how issue one is i'll see how issue one is i, I hope i'm in issue one more because I, I was i was expecting to really like this and I, it kind of left me going oh it was just okay uh, so I, I hope I feel better about issue one, yeah. and we'll take it from yeah. there. Uh, cool. Batman Urban Legends issue six, and this is a big uh, issue for this because it's the culmination for the first story arc. Uh, you know, the first story. It's not the first culmination. We had the culmination to the Wait, the, the Grifter, Grifter story last time, which was a little disappointing because it was mostly set up yeah. for Wildcat stuff. Um, oh. Did you not read that yet? The last one. No. Uh, no, no, I read the teardrop story, but I didn't get to grip It dirt. felt like less of an ending and more like, oh, by the way, he's been working with a bunch of other Whalecat characters uh, <sighs> to be continued soon. Uh- <laughs> like, I'm, happy, I'm happy Rosenberg gets to write Wildcats, right? Yeah. Like, that's cool, but... Uh, and this is what I mean by having time it, for, for stuff. Like, it, it, you know, it, Urban Legend's cool, but I... As yeah, someone who more. grew on that character because of just the, the, the focus being on Grifter and kind of liking how he was right. written... But not caring about Wildcats as a whole, the ending being revolved around, hey, look, here's all these Wildcats team members being like, mm. now, now I have a more curiosity. I need to go back and yeah. And, that said, though, uh, the cheer, the cheer drop story was really good last yeah. issue, and again, yeah. this finale is really good. No, I read, I read that one. Oh, sure, that's the cool. only one from from Urban Legends I did read because that took the priority because Zdarsky worked me over real well. So I'm I'm curious to see how this ends and. Yeah. I'll kind of half listen while you discuss it. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, I do it for Connor when he talks about um, Undiscovered Country. So Jason's talking to Babs, saying, "Okay, I I need like a suit to go and like save Batman. We have one sample of an antidote from the from the lab that we were at last time, um, and he doesn't have an outfit with him, though. So he's in like one of the mini bat caves. So he, it's sort of implied that he's a, he's about to take a bat suit, uh, and dress up in that." And sure enough, he does. He doesn't take the cowl, though. He basically takes a bat suit, but just has his own little face mask with the bat suit. So it's, it's you know, it's like, okay, he's taking that Bruce suit, but he's not trying to pretend to be Batman or anything. Uh, Cheerdrop's hamming it up with all of his villains that he's got under his control. Uh, so, like I say, he's got the bat suit on, but he's wearing his own sort of red face mask and, like, eye mask. And there's a bit of a fight. There's some action. The art's pretty good. Um, the main thing that happens is that cheer drop or cheer is able to like infect them with cheer drop but it's not like the 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 super like strong dose that uh, bruce got and jason's able to fight through it but it's basically showing jason a happy idea and it's, it's effectively he's in the mansion he sees a, a painting of the joker having been killed that he's he succeeded and he's with bruce it's like it's time for no more masks so he gets a happy ending um and yeah, everyone's there. The whole Bat family's there. They're all happy. Um, but he snaps out of it. He's able to fight back. And he takes on Cheer. 
Um, Cheers, a malicious prick, though. He actually threatens Jason with uh, the, the mother of the son that obviously was a big part of the first couple issues and says, hey, if you uh, keep fighting, if you if you don't let this happen, um, I'm going to have her killed. Uh, and it's this super, you know, sad thing. Uh, but luckily for Jason, uh, the rest of the Bat family come, you know, jumping into scene. We have uh, Dick, we got Duke, we got Steph, we got Cass, we got Batwoman. Uh, all of them jump in. Uh, full happy Bat family vibes. They all fight together. Uh, Babs has had someone else. Uh, who was it she said? Uh, what did she say? She, she sent someone else to the hospital to take care of uh, the guy who was going to kill the woman. But regardless, uh, he's able to give the antidote to Batman. Batman chases Cheer onto the roof, but he's clearly still affected by this because he's really angry and he's like dangling him over the edge in the pouring rain. And he can and it's actually Jason who says tells him to calm down, and he sort of throws J- uh, Cheer to the side, and he can he's kind of all like sort of like sad in the rain for a moment. Uh, there's a sweet scene where Jason gives the the little boy uh, a blue hoodie because of course if you remember he picked the name Blue Hood, uh, so it's kind of a sweet little moment. Uh, Leslie's setting her up with like a, a the mum a place to stay and giving her rehab, and Bruce is like really sad outside, and Jason and him share a moment. Uh, Jason says he's given up the guns. He says, "Look, you know what? Like, I still think some villains deserve to die, but clearly, like the death, the death like spreads to other people. Like, you know, someone died and it spread to this kid, and he can't kind of live with that effectively." So he's he's changing how he does things. He's not even going to use rubber bullets anymore. He's going to use new tactics, and probably the the, the the so the middle of the issue showed you what Jason saw when he was on Sheer, and it was this idea that he finally got to kill the Joker, and then they they all got to live with no masks forever after that, and we find out from Bruce, um, you know, Leslie asked, you know, what did you see? What what did that Sheer gas show you? you know, that scared you so much. And he says, no, it wasn't fear. You know, I'm used to fear. I, I face fear every day. It showed me happiness. And the end of the story shows you what Bruce saw. And it shows you him with the Bat family and they're all out of costume. They're all happy. But the actual happy part is that Jason's got Joker and he lets Jason kill Joker. And that's kind of like the happiness. And what I love about this is that we know that you know, Bruce has always said it's not that he doesn't like sometimes like fantasize or think that the right thing to do would be to kill the Joker. Like he says that, you know, it's a choice he has to fight every time because if he makes that choice, he crosses a line. Uh, you know, it's just that famous speech from Under the Hood, right? The, you know, it would be, it would be so easy to cross that line. And then once he's done it, he would never come back from it. Um, so it's, that's the scary part is that he got to feel what it would be like to actually do it for a moment. Um, and the end of the story is just that he's left Jason a note to invite him to family dinner uh, with a, a new version of his outfit since his previous one got wrecked. Uh, and that's mm. the end of the story. Uh, really solid. Uh, re- really solid stuff. It's mostly the fight and mostly these two hallucinations from the, the cheer stuff. Uh, but it was fun seeing the Bat family all show up to help. And then seeing the little boy again and having Jason give him a goodbye was really nice as well. Uh, this was a really good story by Zarsky. Um, and uh, Marcus Toe in the art uh, has been. Oh, well, he was in the flashback. Really sorry, uh, flashbacks. Uh, Eddie Barrows, yeah. Um, Barrows, yeah. Um, and a bunch of a bunch of others on this one actually. I, but Eddie Barrows. Well, is the in the idea arse. that he gives up the guns, but he picks up shurikens. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, it's less lethal. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I kind of like it. I like the idea that he's like, look, I'm not doing this for because 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 Bruce tries to say something when he says that. Mm-hmm. He's like, shut up! I'm not doing it for you. This is not because of your code right. or anything. This is because of right. the effect I've seen that it's had, and well, I'm going to change my tactics. I murdered this young boy's father, yes. and now I have to be responsible for him. And I don't like it. Yeah. So <laughs> no, really solid. Uh, it's like another solid eight out of ten. Uh, part of the story. That's good. I yeah. I hate how relatable that part is for Jason Todd. <laughs> like, oh, it's the consequences of my actions come back around to haunt me. Like, you know. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, so, as always, the middle stories are, are kind of a little bit weaker. Uh, this mm-hmm. one actually kind of ties in to the Grifter stuff a little bit. So, we it's called... This is the Zealot one, right? Yes, yeah, the Zealot one. It's uh, called Blood yeah. for Blood. We start off with what looks like Wonder Woman stabbing a security guard with a sword. <laughs> um, Dang, Wonder Woman. Yeah, and basically it turns That's out... Tough. So this is actually Zella dressed as Wonder Woman because it would be easier to get past a lot of security to, to up to a certain point. And she's coming after Maxwell Lord. And just as she gets there, uh, he sort of grabs... He's got a helicopter that takes him from the balcony and he gets away. And then it comes six days later. He's on a beach. Uh, he's sipping some beverage with an umbrella, as you do. And Zelot comes through the, the bushes from the side, kills one of his guards, and he's like, hey, you know what, you've been a pest, I'm finally here to kill you. And then the real Wonder Woman shows up, saves Maxwell Lord, as, as conflicting as that must be, I'm sure, uh, says, who are you, why are you dressed as me? Um, you used to go by the name Zana, uh, don't do this, sister, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she swipes her sword at Wonder Woman, does draw a little bit of blood from her arm, uh, fighting ensues. Maxwell Lord gets away in his little speedboat, and she's like, look, he got away again. See, this is what's happened. Wonder Woman flies after Maxwell Lord. But the ending here is that Zealot stands up and says, it's okay, we got what we came for. Because she's talking to the same person, whoever, you know, Grifter was talking whoever to. Whoever Grifter's yeah. been talking to, that makes sense. Same person. And she goes, no, we got what we came for. And she basically takes a bit of the blood off her sword into a test tube. All, all they wanted this whole time was blood from Wonder Woman. That's what this little story is about. So... I'll give it credit. It is building a little bit of intrigue as to whatever the Wildcats are up to, but I was like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, the third, oh, I should rate that, shouldn't I? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. This is a six. Uh, well, so I'm looking at Zealot real quick, and she mm-hmm. basically is Wonder, is Wonder Woman for the Wildcats. She's sure, yeah. a long-lived warrior belonging to a nearly immortal ancient alien race known as the Caribbean. Um and is a member of the Coda Sisterhood, a group of Amazonian-like, ninja-like warriors from the planet Kara. So, eh, good job. And who wrote that one? Uh, that was Rosenberg again. So, same as okay. uh, so he's, Yeah, he yeah. is just doing... Uh, he's, he's, he's just doing Wildcats. And, and this is, you know, it's the end question mark, so presumably there'll be another short story with another Wildcat character and a right. forthcoming issue. Well, I mean, he, he's got Voodoo, Spartan, and, and the... the fake wolverine with the metal claws uh, what's his name cyberblade or whatever those are the ones that i can name off the top of my head it's more than 90s. i can name off the top of my head i'll yeah. tell you that uh then yeah. we have the third and final part of the tim drake story uh where he's trying to save bernard from the cult uh oh, oh boy was this controversial yeah, for yeah, yeah this came up this this the wrong reasons yeah so he, he he you know jumps into the room he starts fighting the bad guys he gets bernard up there was a moment where he's sort of holding his hand when he's just sort of like picking him up and he mentions that his hand is warm and he sort of, but the narration sort of plays it off as, oh, maybe he has a fever or something. Like he's sort of scientifically saying, hey, you know, this is something weird about this. 
but Bernard actually can fight a little bit himself. He helps him fight. Um, there's not really much to it. There's a couple of action pages of them fighting. Two-page layout with some action panels, and it's all right. Uh, there's a, a page where Tim's up in like a, a fire escape looking down at the police, like sort of dealing with the situation, and the cop that uh, he got information from last time like sort of like comes up and like talks to him. And Tim kind of like unknown beknownst to him, like starts like kind of like being honest about a couple of things about um his life, about the fact that he broke up with someone that he cared about, uh, meaning Steph. Uh right. because no one seems to understand. He's not even sure who he is and the cop basically says, look, you know, stop, stop trying to be someone, just be yourself and take it from there. Stop trying to like, like put yourself into like a, like a painted corner. Um, and there's a moment, you know, in the previous scene where Bernard referred to their, like their get together from before the start of the arc as a date. And the end of the issue is that Tim goes to Bernard's, says hello and says, you know, I didn't know how to classify this before. Uh, but I think I'm open to the conversation and figuring it out. So Bernard says, would you like to go on a date with me? And he says, yeah, I think I want that. And that's the end of the issue. So yeah, there was some controversy this week. I don't think the story's that great. I think that the, the entire arc, like, you know, I wasn't that hot in the first two parts. I'm not that hot in this, this part either. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I wasn't hot on the, on the first part that I read. And I'm like, yeah, it's hey, fine. T- to be honest, like, yeah. having now read all three parts, I kind of think it should have just been one little short story. I, I think mm-hmm. all of the first two parts were mostly about building up, like, who the villains were. And in this third part, it doesn't matter. The villains are meaningless. Like, it didn't matter who had right. them. It was just about getting to Bernard and this revelation that t- right. Tim, you know, might be bisexual and he's exploring that possibility mm-hmm. and he maybe has feelings for Bernard and that's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the controversy of, you know, Tim's bisexual now, who gives us flying shit? In, like, in, in a well-told story, it doesn't matter. Especially when we're hearing about the story, it, you know? It, and keep in mind here, first of all, some people don't realize that there, there's more to the sexuality until they're much older than this, but it's very common right. for people who are college age to be in an experimental right. phase at that time. So the Tim's right. are the perfect age for maybe realizing this. Like, whatever. Right. Who cares? Like, yeah. go for it. Again, I saw the controversy come up around this. I was like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't, you know, just let, let the characters, you know, if that's what the directions are going, let's let's explore it right now you know yeah i i just yeah like i'm you know i don't think it was a great it was fine like you know some action that's that's what i'm more disappointed as is that it feels just tacked on to a story that like could have been better i wonder you know i wonder if i go back and read that first part if it feels like it was seeding more things or if it was mm because thinking back it it did have kind of like a date vibe despite the fact that there was you know obviously we didn't take Mm -hmm. it as a date because you know it was tim and some guy from his run um, I do. I do wonder though, because I've not read that Tim, you know, run, you know, that his solo Robin yeah. book where Bernard comes from. I, I wonder if there was any hints of anything back in that run or not. I I just associate Tim with uh, with Steph so much in my head. You know, I'll, that, I'll be, it, do you know what? I'll be delighted if this means that Steph is not associated as just girl uh, as Tim's yeah. ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I'll be delighted. Let her shine on her own, please. Uh, yeah. I Thank mean, you. And, hey, he did. He did go off to Ivy Town College at the end of of Tynan's run, mm-hmm. you know, to to be himself and whatnot. And so maybe maybe those were the the seeds that were planted, and then the story is just going to clarify them a little. I just wish that the story that led to it sounds better because it isn't based off of your description. It doesn't sound like something that was particularly fun to read. So you know, it wasn't, that, unple- to it wasn't unpleasant to read. It just didn't. This wasn't no, that exciting. It, I don't know. The way you decided, the, the way you're describing it, almost feels like a chore. Like, 
like, yeah, I'll read it, and it's not bad, but, like, I could have read something else. Kind of vibes. But luckily, so. we bookend this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so what's this full story at the end going to be? It turns out, it ends up being a prelude to the Deathstroke book that's coming up. Which it was not, which, which was a surprise at the end. Like I did not see this tiny Deathstroke before the end. Maybe, no. uh, maybe the title gave it away if you knew what the title was, because I think the tale's mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, no, no, it's not actually. I don't think it is. It's early on. Yeah, it's called. So the story's called Solo. It's written by Joshua Williamson, who's writing the Deathstroke book. Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, art by Trevor Hairstein. Um, who I have to say, I actually think this was uh, the the art here was good, and I think I like this more than Hairstein's work in Deceased. Uh, I think it's better than his deceased work. Uh, uh, that's high praise because his deceased work is pretty good. I, I was a bit more mixed on his deceased work. I think he's. I think his faces are better here. I. I think maybe it's just a, a case of him not having to draw like fifty faces. No, here's Air did the the main one, right? He didn't do the the middle chapter that we all really liked. No, it was that was the it was the main. I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Unless I'm mixing the artists up here, but I think that yeah. was Air Um I, Yeah. Either way. So this actually starts. So I, I didn't know what this, this story was going to be about. It's actually a Black Canary story. In fact, more more accurately, mm-hmm. it's an old school '90s Birds of Prey story. So mm-hmm. we go to the Hall of Justice, and Dinah's with Oliver, and they're like doing target practice. And it turns out that she's just kind of like pretending she needs help, like learn how to like shoot a, a bow, uh, because because she actually hits like a target really easily at the end of the scene when she gets a call from Babs and has to go away. And all of us like, like, you know what? You don't have to like pretend. Like, if you want to spend some quality time, like, I'll just do it. <laughs> we don't have to pretend to need mm-hmm. help. But she goes off because Babs calls her, and Babs like, "Hey, I've got a job for you." Uh, and he, there's this group called Trust. It's an acronym, right? It's called Trust, mm-hmm. and they're up to something. It's, it's all very uh, shady. They're, 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 they're too clean, right? There's something suspicious about how clean mm-hmm. they are. They're clearly covering something up. So uh, the head honcho, this woman's going to be at this gala in London in a couple of days. I want you to go there. I'll give you an expense account. I'm going to call the shots from here. I have to be in Gotham so I can't go myself. So it's, it's like proper old school Birds of Prey. This is just them two. Babs at the computer, Dana on location doing spy stuff. I'm like, okay, this is actually really cool, really fun. And and she's like, hey, do I get a car? And that was a big thing. Like, you know, from what I've read of Dixon's Birds of Prey, there's a lot of shots of, of uh, Dinah riding expensive cars. That was a big part of that book. So sure enough, we cut to her in a, a red convertible and she's like speeding through London. Although London's not exactly a good place to be driving a convertible most of the year. Just uh, <laughs> FYI. Um, Weather doesn't permit the, the top down. <laughs> uh, so... But no, it's really good stuff, and she ends up going to this gala, she puts on her dress, and again, Dinah, kind of going undercover, was a big part of that run. Uh, and she, or she she tracks down this this woman here, um, and she's trying to think about how to like approach her in a way that doesn't look suspicious. And just as she thinks that, or says that, a bunch of terrorists show up and try to assassinate this woman. So Dinah just goes into action mode and, you know, saves her life, uh, a couple of good action sequences. I really like that. She she actually stabs one of the guys in the face with her stiletto, Oof. and the guy pulls it out, and there's, there's like, a, like a blood splat coming out as he pulls it out. Really fun little beat. Uh, action solid here. Uh, but yeah, so she she's all, you know, uh, kicking ass. Um, she uses her her, her canary cry, uh, and the guy lands. She goes out the window, and he lands on the curve Corvette or the, the I don't know if it's a Corvette, but either the the convertible and diana's like shit i really like that car 
So all this action scene is a lot of fun. I want to get it across that this is a really fun classic Birds of Prey, Dina kicking ass action scene. Uh, doubt mm-hmm. the fact that she's in a dress and she's sort of taking off the heels and she's like fighting on her bare feet. It's just a really traditional thing. So basically, this this woman's like, hey, uh, she wants to meet you and gets a ride to this mansion. Um, and then he's like, hey, you know, you've invited me here, and she's like, well, you saved my life. Um, I want to show you around. And, you know, Diana's thinking she's going to have to, like, convince her to, like, tell her more. And then she's like, hey, I want to offer you a job. And she shows her a painting. So apparently this this organization trust has been around for a long time, but it's been very secretive. And she shows her a painting that has her parents in it. You know, Diana, uh, Drake, oh, and, her, and her father apparently did some work with this, this organization back mm-hmm. in the day. And she's like, okay, I'm in. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that the uh, communications with Babs have went down. Like, whatever blockers they've got have, like, knocked out the communication. Mm-hmm. So she takes her to this secret room. Uh, it's worth mentioning, the reason why Babs even sent her on this mission is because this group bought up a bunch of uh, Batman tech that went onto the black market after Joker War. Because Joker had, like, you know, sold a lot of it or, like, put mm-hmm. it all out. So... Really fun stuff, and she's it's and we do get the, the we do learn here that those terrorists were hired by this woman to so she would need saved. So the so this is actually really cool in hindsight that Dina was trying to think about how to approach her so that it wouldn't look suspicious, and instead these terrorists, which were very convenient, were actually a way to convince Dina that like this was all like happenstance, and so this was actually them luring in Dina. They want Dina on their side for something um but they, they basically say okay so here's the job you're gonna to have to like babysit another person that we've uh brought in as an operative um you know someone you've worked with in the past uh you're going to be acting as the as the player uh in the field uh you'll be the kind of the the agent who's helping us keep control of the other operative um you know you're the precision this other one's the, the blunt object and then it reveals Deathstroke as the other person they've got there uh, working for them. Um, who, by the way, is oh, using nice. a bat cowl to wipe his blade, which has got blood on it. <laughs> well, we know Bruce just drops those. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, they've yeah. just bought a bunch of bat tech. I presume there's a, there's a bat outfit right. or something in there somewhere. And she's like, wait, Deathstroke, you gotta be effing kidding me. And she's like, so it's a big sort of nice cliffhanger, and there's a little epilogue which reveals, uh, basically, uh, the, you know, it's revealed in the final page who this is, but, um, someone, like, whoever, like, you know, so, this woman hired this other organization to send these assassins to kill herself, so that, you know, obviously Canary could save her. And we mm-hmm. find out that all three of those assassins were killed, uh, by the organization they came from, so they couldn't talk and reveal, like, who hired them. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it reveals who this organization is. Talia. The final uh. page is, uh, this woman's talking to Talia, um, and Talia says, players in our world are making moves for the future, getting their agents in place for what is coming, and refers to it as a shadow war. So, and then it hmm. says, to be continued industrial kink, issue one. Do you know what? Again, much like the backup in Detective, if the goal of this was to make me, like, into the idea of what this new book is going to be, oh, successful. <laughs> Mission achieved. Right. Um, did you ever read the Team 7 stuff from New 52? I did not, know. Yeah, so that, that put a team together that her husband, that she gets the Lance name from, I think. Um, 
he I think his name was Kurt Lance and Deathstroke and Grifter and a couple of the mercenary like characters. They were all on this team. It was kind of Suicide Squad adjacent, but they're all government sponsored. Like they were mercenaries, but like back. And uh, they had to go get the Black Diamond and they involve uh, Eclipso. And it wasn't very good, but it did play up the interplay between Black Canary and Deathstroke. You know, and like she hated Slade because of who he was and, you know, something to do with her mom and, and Slade. Like, you know, there was a history there or something. And it was it was very interesting to say the least. So I like the pairing of Canary with, with Slade. It's kind of neat. And I, you know, and Talia being involved and in this like tease of the Shadow War, which mm-hmm. makes it sound like that's going to be something that's not just Destro King. That may be something that expands into more books. Mm-hmm. It also further makes Checkmate feel a bit separate yeah because talia of course you know tie, is tying in well enough to the, the robin stuff which is also williamson so you know it's all going to be neatly mm-hmm. fitting together with this mm-hmm. um you know this feels like a separate thing that's going to be more directly related to incontinuity stuff so we'll see how that goes but uh you know like i can say i thought her signs are here was better than his deceased stuff i thought especially all the action with canary her fighting at the uh the the, the party um on, on the car all that stuff was really well done and i i, I kind of I, I was actually i went in knowing nothing got a classic birds of prey style story that ended in the cliffhanger that they're putting a team together with deathstroke which is leading into the deathstroke book it makes me wonder is bab still going to be there as oracle for her uh throughout that hmm. book because presumably that makes dinah is going to be a main character in that deathstroke book which is again also cool and is more appealing because much like the Joker book is more of a garden book, it's more appealing to me when it's not just... Because Deathstroke is a bit more interesting, but I still need, like, you know, when I was reading the Deathstroke book from before, like, you know, it was Rose who was more of a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho as well, to an extent. Uh, so, you know, having Dinah be there is our character that we can root for and, more you know, more wholesome get-behind. Deathstroke is more of an anti-hero, I think is a really wise choice, so... Uh, it got me pumped for it, so uh, I dug That's it. Good. So I'll give this a nice solid eight out of ten. Uh, I'm I'm mm-hmm. in for it. So, um, yeah. so just when I thought, yeah, maybe I won't read this every month now. This Urban Legends book, it gives me this, and I'm like, oh, both has more like this though. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that's how they get you. <sighs> so but we'll see. If? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But that's Urban Legends issue six. <sighs> Yeah, the problem with you having not read a few books in a row, Matt, is that mm-hmm. my voice is starting <laughs> starting to go. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So just just make it quick. I can I can carry Rorschach. There's there's a lot to talk there. Oh, there's a lot so, to talk about Rorschach. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we're gonna so. get into that page by damn page. But uh, yeah, so Batman eighty nine issue one, uh, Sam Ham, which is a silly, kind of a silly name, but fair play to you. Fun name to say. Yeah, Joe Kimonona's on the art. Uh, this is obviously you know in the world of the batman tim burton movie it's kind of like maybe set in that same world afterwards as we're dealing with harvey dent you know based on the harvey dent and that mm-hmm. we got billy d williams right. looking harvey dent um mm-hmm. but it interests some other things it also interestingly brings in other things from like batman mythos from the comics it puts their own spin on it on it like it mentions the uh, it mentions Burnside at one point in this, which was kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, that's weird. All right. But fair enough. Why not? I guess. Uh, there can be a Burnside in this, Gotham. Um, this, this was okay. Right. Okay. I, I wouldn't... Like, it's kind of interesting seeing, like, 
you know, this bat suit, this Batmobile, uh, dealing with like what's going on in this world, like after the events of Batman, and and I guess Batman Returns. I guess that's also happened, but I don't know if they actually mentioned it. It, it definitely the city looks more like Batman eighty nine because there was a difference between the two movies. Like you know, uh, okay. Oh, your mate's going, Matt. Um. So there's a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, so one of the things they do is they introduce Barbara Gordon in this, uh, as in uh, Jim's daughter. Uh, right. But based on the age of Jim Gordon in those movies, it makes sense that Barbara's also a bit older than she normally is. So Barbara in this is actually who Harvey Dent is dating and actually proposes to in this issue. They're at a fancy dinner early on in the issue. And Barbara's a cop in this as well weird yeah so we're going full you know elseworlds with us yeah uh, it, it makes sense given gordon's age though that barbara's already like in her like 30s as a cop it does mm-hmm. kind of make sense in, in a lot of ways um you know there's like a, a whole armored car thing going on and a helicopter trying to rob it and batman shows up for, for your kind of your first action set piece and, and it's all right uh it's just not you know just whatever uh, the giant penny gets involved here a little bit so it, it kind of teases some other batman stuff um harvey goes off to like stop a mugger who grabs barbara's purse uh he almost gets shot he kind of does something from dark knight where he threatens to shoot one of the muggers and uses the coin uh you know like heads you know you mm-hmm. die tails you blah 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 um but it just kind of lets them go uh so it seems anyway uh, I will say there's definitely a couple of characters that aren't that modelled after the movie. Like, Alfred's got a moustache, which he never had in, in no. those movies. Not um, Alfred go. And the other character they have that's not that similar, although probably for the better, is actually Jim Gordon. Because when you finally see Jim Gordon, he's still, you know, a sort of chubby guy. He's still overweight like he is mm-hmm. in the movie. But he looks way more like traditional Jim Gordon. He's got... Yeah, if- He's got the mustache, you know, it's not white hair, he's, he's, still, he's, he's, just, he's just a fatter Jim Gordon, basically. Right, so, based off of the character designs I w- was seeing in the back of the comics, mm-hmm. all right, might have been last week, two weeks ago, I'm not sure. Yeah, whenever they that, were. That yeah. checks out then, because I think I saw that version of Jim Gordon, and I just was like, oh, okay, it's Jim Gordon. But I didn't even make the connection, because I haven't seen those movies in forever, that... I forgot that Gordon's a character in there, but he's not as we know him. Well, that, that was the thing that stru- struck me as really weird in this, is that this book really kind of pretends that Batman and Gordon are a lot more like comic book Batman and Gordon in terms of like their... Because Harvey Dent doesn't like Batman. Harvey Dent sees Batman as like a, a vigilante problem. And he wants to like sort of take down Gordon. He sees Gordon as being corrupt for like encouraging this vigilante. And there's some character stuff with, with uh, Harvey where he goes to his old neighborhood and he's like his old mentor kind of gives him shit for not being around too much. But he's like, no, like, no, like, these, these kids should see a black man who's in a prominent position who's successful, who's not an athlete, or even worse, like, someone like a dealer, you know, someone who's, like, you know, making, a, a, you know, a difference, right? And it's like, it gets into kind of his history, it's dealing with the fact that we have a black Harvey Dent, and it's, and that's all good stuff, that's all solid. Mm-hmm. And he, he tries to, like, get Batman to show up by having the bat signal turned on, but he's put, like, a, a bar on it, so it's like a sensor <laughs> sign going through the Batman logo. Um, And, yeah, so it says all this stuff up, but, like, Batman's got like a, a direct communication system with Gordon where he's like talking to Gordon about this and Gordon says he trusts him and you know we're trying to make a difference. It, it, it's a lot more like Batman and Gordon in the comics where they do have like a friendship. Those movies, there is no friendship with Batman and Gordon. 
Gordon's just a fat guy who goes, yeah, Batman, yeah. go. And that's it. There's nothing right. approaching that. So this was, like, see if you built it up, see if you started it in this, like, in sort of, like, okay, we're going to build that up over the course of the, this mini. That'd be fine. Like, sure. Like, create it. But it, it's just pretending that it's already there. And, well, I'm not saying that it has to pick up right after the movies, by any means. It just, it feels weird because that was not in those at all. Um, Very odd. Like, like I'm fine with them introducing Barbara, like, out of the blue, because, like, you know, that's fine. But... Trying to tell us that Batman has this relationship with a character who already looks and feels different from the movies is just kind of, like, a step too far. Anyway, so he goes on the run from uh, the police when he intervenes in something towards the end, uh, a store robbery, uh, and he chases down the perpetrator. Uh, it turns out, though, he chases down the wrong person because the person he chases was just someone who was in the store when this robbery happened and decided to steal some baby food and you know it's just it's a thief but it's someone who's stealing like supplies for a baby that right, kind of stuff that they need yeah so you know it's just sympathetic and batman chases them down and like he's like i'm not going to hurt you like you know what's going on and then someone in a black hood uh mysteriously attacks him and uh like it has like a yellow like color underneath the hood but otherwise it's just like you know you don't see the detail yeah. Um, it looks like they might be the person who was committing the robbery in the first place, although it may be the person who stole the baby supplies. Uh, but he attacks Batman and hits Batman off the, the fire escape. Um, uh, the police are there and want to try and take him in, so that's kind of your cliffhanger. Um, and whoever this mysterious hooded figure is, like, hands this this guy uh, all the money he's got on him, which is $8, so not a lot. Um the reason why I mentioned this earlier is that the solicit for issue four or five, whatever the issue was in the solicit, it showed you who this character was <laughs> in the cover. Uh, so I guess spoilers, if you're not paying attention to solicits, you don't want to know who this mm-hmm. is. And I guess, I guess it makes some sense now that I'm looking at him, like knowing what that cover showed me. Well, when, when you said yellow and red, there, there's a certain character that comes to mind. Well, there's no red. Okay. I never said, said red. Yellow. Yeah, no. Gotcha. Uh, so it's, it's just all black, but there's some yellow under, underneath the hood. Gotcha. Uh, okay. And it also, but it also looks like there's like a yellow mask, which again was mm-hmm. kind of like why I never considered that it was Robin. Gotcha. But yes, this, this seems to be a Robin of some kind. And they're interesting Robin into this uh, stuff. Now, is Forever in canon with the 89 stuff? That's like a. There's an asterisk on that question. Like, it depends. Like. Right. I mean, right. technically, the first two movies are in canon and Forever and, and Batman and Robin, but, like, is this comic, like, including them, or is it just saying only the first two? Right, because if that's the case, then introducing Dick Grayson undercuts Forever, right? But you're also Harvey Dent. He might end up as Two-Face. That undercuts Tommy Lee Jones. So, yeah, like, I, I, I think it's safe to say that this is... N- its at, own. At most, it's only including Batman and Batman Returns, and even then, right. it may just be Batman. Like right. you know, I mean, so it's it's, it's Halloweening twenty eighteen. It is what pretty much, saying. yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that we have a Robin here that yeah. is probably Dick. I mean, it could be a Jason, given yeah. the introductions a bit more. Right. That's yeah. That's what I was thinking. That's why I was asking about the canon of it. You know, not that it matters, but. You know, we you could do Jason Todd as proto Robin. It, it would be weird to have Jason before Dick, though, if that's what you're implying. But I, I mean, <laughs> then again, all the other changes in this this version. Who, I mean, I guess yeah. who cares? But 
I mean, yeah, yeah, Barbara is a 30-year-old police officer dating Harvey Dent, so, you know. I will say, they are okay. I don't always love it, though. There's times when I feel like Batman's a bit skinny-looking or it's maybe a bit too clean, I think, for some some of the, the type of action that it's going for. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily like you know, you know I wasn't feeling the jaw dropping moments of seeing him in the outfit for the first time. I just kind of felt like, oh, there he is, mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than make it feel like a big deal. And maybe part of that's just in the sequencing and like not giving it a full page or a nice big splash moment to really get across. It feels a little bit simplistic in places. Mm. Um, so it's just okay. Like I, 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 you know, this is another one where if. If it's just the same amount of books next month, the same week this comes out, I'll probably give issue two a try. If I feel like it's a bit busier and I don't want to like squeeze it in, it, this might be a drop too. I'm, I'm not feeling right. super enthusiastic about this one. Um, it's not a bad hmm. book; it's just fine, but I didn't love it. So, but here's hoping for shame. here's hoping for Superman seventy eight though to knock it out of the park. Yep. Here's and hoping. Diddy. Here's hoping. <laughs> so as far as far as rating goes. Yeah, it's probably like a six, I'd say. Okay, wow. Yeah. Oof. Six out of ten. There you go. Rorschach, issue 11. Oh, baby. Do you know what? Issue 11 of Strange Adventures was freaking amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the moments in that book were so exceptional. And it's just interesting that we got an, a, another issue 11 on an equally, if not even better, Tom Aww. King book, you know, right after it. With this. It really all comes together, doesn't it? It, it, it is. This, this is the issue that kind of clarifies a lot of things. At least, I mean, at the very least, it, it poses a lot of possible through, solutions. Through the detective character's point of view, yes. it pulls it together. Is that reality? We don't know. That's that's the one thing. And will, I, we, will we find out? I'm not sure. It may be left no. intentionally ambiguous. It, if I had to give a strike against it, that's the kind of thing that's a little bit too ambiguous with the way that the art works with the words or the, the script i should say the words because i tried to do the thing where you just read one and you can't no you can't one of those no. stories well, it, it, because you need the interplay between the two panels he is having right? a conversation with because right. th- this is him in his head effectively having a conversation with the kid and to right. a point uh myerson as well myerson. but mostly the kid right. um so, and the art sort of like does this thing where when we see him asking his side of the conversation, mm-hmm. he's in his like hotel room mm-hmm. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and uh, when we see them, uh, they're the they're at the ranch or maybe other locations if it's relevant yeah. to the part of the the, the answers they're giving. Um, but, so yeah, and that's what got me was uh, at the beginning I thought because as as it goes it becomes more clear what it's doing. I thought maybe this is an intercut, right? And they're they're playing with our expectations that that the conversation the detective's having doesn't necessarily play into what the kid's saying, right? But then you when you get to certain things like they pass each other their beer bottle, right? And the way that that's handled, it's like they're sharing the same space. It's so well done. Yeah, like no, it's, it's... it's stupid well done the structure and the way it bounces yeah. between them and obviously someone like her because he's drinking a beer bottle and obviously mm-hmm. you, you weren't here for the last issue but i i was raving about that final page from last issue mm-hmm. where he like pulls out the napkin and like picks up the bottle uh-huh. for, so he can test it for prints it was that, such a game-changing moment <laughs> and that at the end of the day there's 
sure there's a black and white right and wrong and Turley's definitely on the wrong side of it however given the kids reasons for doing all this she's not necessarily in the right either of course because she thinks it's a squid invasion and we know the squid's a lie right and so the whole thing is is like yes sometimes things are justified but not in the way that you think and it's just oh man and then when when you want to add in what this means in the modern times i was reading so many different layers from from king here yeah there's a lot to get into here so you know he throws the bottle and that's kind of what kicks off because we see the bottle land in the other like you know Mm -hmm. reality if you will obviously this is really just in his head but this is how it plays out uh and it's like the prince match didn't they you know uh, alan the guy who hired him like his prints are on that bottle and what does that mean and it spends like a good you know yeah. several pages explaining how this all works out and what the what the actual build-up of this is mm-hmm. and you know our detective talks about how you know you laid all this out so i would discover all this so i'd find it all but basically it sets up the idea that the guy they killed and the reason why mm-hmm. they killed him is because he went there to make sure because they were setting them up, like Alan and yeah, Co. So, were setting up the kid and so, Myerson because they wanted to set up Redford behind an assassination plot and on Turley. Yes, not thinking that the kid could actually make the shot. Right. Yes, these are going to be the patsies. But when he gets there and sees that she can make the shot, he's like, "Well, we can't do it like this." Yes. So he tries to take matters into her own hands, but and, and, the kids. Are, and you it know. ties up some loose ends where it's like, okay, yeah. it wasn't the secretary who made that call last issue. It, no. it was Al. It was you know, it was the Alan himself under duress. It was her, yeah. but she was under duress, and you know, and then no, they, no, 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 the phone call she never made. Like they says that quite clearly in this. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. I thought you were call. talking about the confession. No, the, yeah, the confession um, was hard. Yeah. That was under duress, and then they slit her wrists. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't and a then suicide. Drowned her in the tub. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, all, all of this stuff, all these details are kind of explained, and yeah. all of this that feels like pretty much taken as as fact, and um, it kind of explains these different things, you know. So, so this guy, you know, I think it was Oates was the name. He mm-hmm. he shoots at the kid, which is why they fight back and and right. kill him, because uh, because that was one of the big questions I had that last couple of issues is yeah. that when they showed kind of some of these moments, but out of context, it was like, well, why did they kill him? Like it, it never really quite makes it clear, yeah. and then this finally kind of clarifies it um and then yeah um and just the way that that turley wanted this because knowing that redford's never going to lose the vietnam vote which is such a weird thing to say right yeah (laughs) that turley knows that he's not so he has to use you know the comedian's methods right of getting dirty and and pulling all these strings and using people that are loyal to him in Redford's own campaign to do all this, and that that Rorschach being, well, Myerson being Rorschach, being this paragon of what truth means, right? Can't allow it. And that's why they're on a similar path, right? They were put in that path to stop Turley. And this is now, he's the, the, uh, the detective is now part of this. Yeah, I mean, the, the first half of this issue is just going through all of these details and explaining mm-hmm. how it all fits together. It's, which it doesn't, which, it's airtight. Yeah, it's airtight. And at this point, it, that's that's totally fine to do, is just spend the time doing that. And then, 
you know, and then it gets to the part where the kid says, you know what you have to do? And he's like, no, please don't. And we get the page. Yeah. And, we, and we've been we've been speculating this for like half the book at this point, saying uh-huh. this is leading to him possibly becoming the new Rorschach. Because there was all those, just in the art, there was all these things that was making him stand in the same place or all these little hints that, that maybe that's where it was he just, going. He just has the vibe, too, from the first time we meet <clears> him, you know? And you get this um, this this full page that's split into four vertical panels, where the first two are Rorschach, the second two are his face, but they're they're lined up so that it, you know it's like one face like blending together, mm-hmm. and it's the Rorschach side says you have to kill him, which is really mm-hmm. emphasizing the idea that this is all him, like he's having this right. conversation with himself effectively. Right, and that that if Turley did this right, and that he's put this together, and there's no other way that it can be this. This is the truth. Then he's the only person now. And it kind of goes into that mania that was Rorschach, or I can never remember his his actual name. You know, it's Kovacs. it's Kovacs, Walter Kovacs. That it's it's this mania for what is the truth, and that have what is the truth can drive you nuts. You know, and that here him trying to figure out why this this old artist and young sideshow shooter, what they did to end up trying to assassinate a presidential candidate has now driven him to try and do assassinate the same candidate. Uh, yeah. I, it's just, it's so wild about how King through. So for me, it's like how King knows how ideas spread, right? Yeah, he's and, in the CIA. And and the funny thing about this is that even though the squid story is a lie, we know it's a lie. We know there are reasons right. for believing that he's but, going to, because the kid thinks that he is, you know, he's working for the squids and it's the squids are coming for us and all right. this. But in reality, he's going to steal an election and then do who knows what with the power right, right? whatever because we, we, right. we don't know the specifics of this political party we've had hints we've had no but you know, the fact teasies. that he idolizes the comedian and we know all the bad things the comedian did yeah yeah there's enough to have a sense yeah. that it's not a good idea right if he's willing to steal it like this if he's willing to set up redford in this way we know right. we can't trust this this idea it's all right. about these conspiracy theories and these ideas that spread well and what, what i like about this next section though is that you know, it becomes Meyerson, but not as Rorschach. It's Meyerson at the artist table, you know, mm-hmm. drawing his comics, and it gets a little bit meta because he's talking about wearing a mask. He's talking about uh, specifically uh, the the person who the d- did the train schedules uh, in oh. Nazi Germany for Eichmann. for the concentration camps and how he was just doing the job he was hired to do. And when he was asked about it in court afterwards, he said, "Well, either I cannot do it." And someone else who will do a poorer job will make their lives even worse. Or I do the job as well as I know I can. And, you know, it talks about how he's this cog in the wheel and and all the rest of it and responsibility. But then what I really like about this, because obviously that's like a really dark thing to bring up and compare all of our parts and the overall tapestry of the the scheme and Mm -hmm. all the rest of it. But what I really loved about this is when it gets to this idea of, he talks about, he would draw his heroes, his pirates, his superheroes. Mm-hmm. And the idea that these superheroes were co- costume characters and he would draw them in the boxes because in the boxes he would have control. And to me, this whole idea of, like, in general, the idea of superheroes, the idea of fictional stories is that we have control. And the idea of, like, stories that spread about reality that are false is that we, we we sort of manipulate them into something that we think we can understand and control and have a clear villain. And then we and and, and that and that gives us some sort of comfort because it's not this nuanced thing. We can then say we control it because 
we are putting in, and the idea that Myerson eventually put on a Rorschach mask and said, no, this is clearly the bad guy and I have to mm-hmm. kill him because that's simple. I can take control because now, because the biggest fear in the world that any of us have is that we don't control anything, is that the world and fate and right. happenstance are just going to screw us all over because there's no rhyme or reason to the universe. Well, yeah, and that, the, the reason too that, that, you know, the whole idea of the citizen and what the duty of the citizen is, right? Like he has a says he's at the drawing table and he's like, the duty of the citizen is to serve the polity without the duty of the citizen, the polity reverts to totalitarianism. And so it's this whole idea that we as people, right? We might not have any control, but when we give up that control, because you feel like you don't have any, you actually don't have any. So it's this whole idea of you become a self-fulfilling prophecy and that Meyerson and the kid Whatever their reasons were, squids, the whatever, they took that control back. And it goes to when, you know, the kid's a kid. And right after she had shot her dad, she talks about how, you know, they became the heroes. That the Watchmen characters, right? The the comedians, the Dr. Manhattans, the Night Owls, the Rorschachs, they left a legacy that now they have to pick up. And so, again, to go back to that whole idea of the, of the citizen is people came before us to fought for the good things. We need to pick that up. We can't just let that go by where people like Turley win. And I was just like, God damn it, King. Why are you so good at this? Yeah, and I, I, I think that even ties into what Myerson said as well about, mm-hmm. you know, drawing stories gave comfort because it was an element of control. He could control anything mm-hmm. he put into these stories. Anything, because it's in, in these boxes. Everything fits into these boxes. Mm-hmm. And then the idea of putting on a mask is then taking back control. So the idea yeah. that, you know, because we know she has this tortured background with, with her mm-hmm. father, teaching her how to use all these guns and, like, giving, mm-hmm. them, giving her the purpose and all the rest of it. And the idea of finding control and, like, sort of t- taking things back. and Because her, her father basically, basically taught her that, is that, you know, no, we we can control everything if if we plan for all this. And I think one of the things that I love the uh, the transition. It's just when the uh, when the the, the the detective's getting undressed to go to bed, and he's saying, "No, no, you're a guy who draws pirates." And he's like, "Yeah, but you know, I drew pirates. Uh, I put the world in its place, panel by panel, thousands of them." Um, this is the main part I was getting to about the controls. Like now, I see all those lines pushed into place, and I I didn't draw anything. You know, he sees those panels in the real world. Mm-hmm. He sees the separation of elements. The you know the lines that separate things. Mm-hmm. If you ever looked at your hand, there's no line around or cross-hatching, right. but that's all I had. I never drew a hand. I see so many lines. I traced ink over pencil. And all the mm-hmm. patterns I put for uh, them them there, I'm responsible for them. I drew the lines looking back. And the transition here that I really like is the idea that as the the you know the, the kid's father in this flashback as this this dialogue's mm-hmm. going. Um it's not very anything because he's speaking here as if he is the kid's father, right? That's this kind right. of the, the weird thing about this this little sequence. Um, but he's picking up I guess it's kind of like going back to the idea that he influenced her because she grew up on his mm-hmm. art so it's kind right. of like he was this father figure to her even before mm-hmm. when she did have a father uh, but so the idea that her real father and Myerson have kind of merged into one in her well, mind and, and which one she felt closer to yeah right but the, the biological father or, or this guy the transition know? here I really like though is that as the, he picks up the gun in this last panel uh, mm-hmm. Some of the balloons from the the the, 
the the conference, the, the press conference, the rally. Yeah, yeah. That, those are starting to actually float up uh, in in the frame, mm-hmm. and we get this great panel where the it's split in two, two vertical panels on the page, mm-hmm. and Rorschach, Meyerson is holding up the gun, and says, "I see only myself," mm-hmm. and as he's pointing the gun, the other panel in the hotel room is just the detective completely naked, completely mm-hmm. bare and exposed saying i can't because it's them saying that no, you need to kill him you need to kill turley mm-hmm. because he's evil he's going to do all this and we get this really shocking like sort of sequence where you know rorschach yeah. shoots him in the face the pat you know the, the bullet goes across and he's lying on the bed with blood splatter all over his face but of course he's not really dead it's not a real bullet no. right no but it yeah. makes but it makes a rorschach mask on his face it does yeah the blood yeah yeah yes. so it's beautiful stuff. He's he's been stripped of the the disguise of like the regular humanity mm-hmm. and become what he really is, which is someone who is there to become a Rorschach, right? right. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he gets a call. Uh, oh Alan God. saying, "Come and come and you know, Turley wants to speak to you. Bring all the evidence." I know it's like midnight, but that's fine. And obviously, like, are they going to kill him for what he's discovered? Like, so he doesn't he can't trace right. anything. You know, I was getting right. that vibe. Because um, now that they've got the evidence, they don't need him anymore. Um, and that's why they hired him, because they couldn't find the, the tape. They, they had to track right. down this tape. Uh, mm-hmm. So he gets up, he washes himself, it's all silent panels. Uh, mm-hmm. And the last page is him getting in the elevator, and there's this just this, this yuppie who's, who's hey, there. He's the worst. Yeah, he's in LA to see a girlfriend, and he's like, maybe I should come out here, all these nice girls. You know, New York, uh-huh. New York sucks at night time. And I'm like, wait, New York Society never sleeps. I actually thought that in my head. And then he says, ever, ever since the squid, you know, that city just goes to sleep at night. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. It's a difference because yeah. of what happened. The New cultural York's, difference. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of neat. Um, he's like, you know, maybe I should move out here because, you know, LA is great. And, you know, it's just like all these girls out here and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, you, you don't get that sense, you know, in New York, but you get that out here, right? And the final panel... Uh, this guy's like, hey, you, you know what I mean, right? You know, the LA is full of girls and it's all this nightlife. It's great. And the final panel is just our detective going, hmm, mm-hmm. just like Rorschach. Yeah, um, so he's been incepted. So as you were having that, I realized. Yes. What is what is a Rorschach test? Right? A Rorschach test is when you hold up an ink blot and you ask the person what they see in it. And there's no right or wrong answer, right? It's what it is to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's here with this is that Rorschach has the concept here of Meyerson and the kid. It was held up to him, and this is what he saw. And this is why he gets, he becomes the next Rorschach. It's a, a, this really fascinating, conflicting thing because yeah. we know Tarly is lately an evil bastard and probably mm-hmm. should be stopped. Although probably not by assassination, because you know that's you know all of some kettle of fish, and we know that. For lot... anybody listening to yeah. this, yes, yes, but and a lot of this is based on a lie because we know the squids yeah. aren't real, and that's all made up. No, but at the same time, they were Still onto something. Bastard. Yeah, they they're... cannot be allowed to be president. They they were so... onto something. They they found something real, and because they they were hired to do this. And they, they kind of realized these, and they left yeah. all these clues. Right. O- o- over the course of 2019, there was the phrase, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's what I feel King is kind of working on here. 
was that concept of it's not necessarily the crime that was committed. It was the cover up of said crime because the crime itself wasn't huge, right? Like here, sure. But the fact that they went through all of these other things to cover up their crime was worse than what they originally intended. And then that's what leads them basically to what I feel is going to be the downfall. Although it is set in the Watchmen universe, so that could mean anything at this point. You know, like you said, this could all just be his version of reality and it's not real, it's whatever. And he's going in there on a suicide mission. You know, or they're, they're going to take him out because of what he found out, you know? I, I, just, I mean, otherwise I just predict the ending here, but I mean, yeah. I can see him dying, but I can see him dying and taking Tarly with him mm-hmm. and, you know, ending well, and then this. What does that inspire next? Mm-hmm. Who does that go to? Whose truth is that now? And it's just, man, King's so good at this. It's, yeah. it's so stupid. You know, I, it's, it's really fascinating that these characters were, everything they're doing to an extent is based on a lie. A lie spread and it created this fear and obviously this comic because it puts us in a difficult position as a, as a reader because it's making you sympathize with people who are actually doing bad things and it's making you think about why they're doing those things. Even if you happen to agree that the villain that ultimately they were going after is maybe villainous and should be taken down, it is forcing you to think about it in different ways that aren't just, here's the good guy, here's the bad guy. Mm. It's not that simple. Which I think is why it's so great that we have that that section with Myerson talking about making this world make sense and mm-hmm. taking control by drawing it as superheroes or as pirates in a comic book because right. you, you make it simple. But by trying to force it to be simple when it's not simple, you're taking away all the nuance. And I think one of the things that sticks out to me about the, the spread of misinformation and information that's used to uh, create narratives that aren't true or are backing up, you know, agendas, uh, will it be political or just stupid because people don't want to wear masks or something, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Let's not get into right. those, those specifics. No. But the idea being that taking those and making them be simple and ignoring the truths or ignoring the details or not thinking right. about the facts and just hand-waving them away because they don't fit your uh, version of offense right. is, is, is dangerous. That's it's, the point. Well, yeah, it is. is that it's it dangerous is. and it creates extremists. And that's ultimately, regardless of maybe them getting after the right person, the kid and Myerson are still extremists and they're still right. assassins. No, uh, right. Yeah, and, so. So, and that's what makes these types of movements so captivating to other people because it creates a simple answer to a complex problem, right? And you don't want to waste time thinking about all, all of the rep- repercussions of everything. So you just make up, oh, it's the squids, right? And if we if we take him out, then the squids are thwarted. And it's like, well, no, there are bigger problems with Turley. But if, if the kid took time to try to dissect each and every one of those, it's just going to create a bigger thing. So they create a, a simple answer. And then that's what they go with. And what and, and what conspiracy is born? Uh, let's say he he right? pulls this off and kills Turley. Right. What conspiracy is then born because the candidate that well, was going to race you, against Redford is killed? Did you just create? Yeah, did you just create a martyr? Right? Yeah. Did you? Are are they going to circle back up around and come back even stronger? And that and that's the scary thing. Those are that's all the calculus. And again, coming from Tom King, whose mind is you know he was in the CIA, he's seen some underhanded stuff. 
you know because yeah, because like, uh, this is not a simple story we were just written because because this because he's our main character uh, we're not just written for him to succeed mm-hmm. because we think oh charlie's a bad guy and he should he should right. kill him it's not that simple this is not a simple no. story like that in any way shape or form mm-hmm. and that's what makes it so fascinating and interesting and mm-hmm. you know the easy to dissect and i think the fact that i don't think we've ever had a, a name for our main character is intentional yeah. at this point right. because he is an avatar he is this kind of yeah, blind he's a slate. cipher yeah he's an everyman yeah so yeah. no it's so good and then fornaz just kills it on the art the with the colors that shift between the kid and and the detective and just it goes from super cold with the detective to warm with the kid yeah it's almost like there's comfort in the warm side mm-hmm. because they have accepted right. it at least they have created the illusion to themselves mm-hmm. that they have accepted what they are right um and if again if you if you analyze it from the perspective of this is all in his head and he's envisioning them in the warm happier place because they've come to peace with what they are right or wrong as that may be um mm-hmm. and he himself is in this cold rainy world the idea that he's looking across the aisle at this delusion and going, yep. that's appealing because it's the that's warm better. and the comforting one. That's the one that looks like right. they've made things simple and they are happy and they know what their direction in life is over there. Mm-hmm. That's appealing. I kind of want a piece mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> like that's the subtlety of that coloring, which is really, really smart. Um, mm-hmm. And then everything of course comes in pairs because it's all, you know, there's a lot of six panel grids where, you know, one yeah. half's the blue and one half's the, the orange uh, or the yellow. And then there's a lot of, you know, where you get a full page of one, then a full page of the other. It's playing with that constantly. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no, the art, yeah, the art no, is exceptional. Really, really good. So. Yeah. And the, whenever there is a blood spot of some way, it's it's really good. And I think it's worth mentioning, looking back through the issue, you also have the Rorschach created uh, with the bullet and her father, when we see that again mm-hmm. earlier in the issue, which I think is a kind of an intentional parallel between that panel and then later on what happens to our main character or what he envisions mm-hmm. happens to his main character. The idea that for the kid, this was her moment of seeing that, you know, Rorschach was in her father and then it was going to someone else. Right. Uh, you know, so, right. you know, again, it connects those two things. Uh, mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> what, what are you giving this issue, Matt? Uh, I'm giving this one a 10. It's, you know, it's hard to argue with. <laughs> it is. It's just everything came together. So. Whereas the last one was really good, I felt. It, but it left me at a place where I was like, just almost there. Right. Uh, and this this followed up on everything that was almost there. So. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the 10. I, I, I was I was trying to argue myself to an 8.5, but. Yeah. I think I'm going to. I can't believe that fool Connor doesn't read this. I know he's such. He has an idiot, and he like something like this is so good. I just I can't believe he doesn't. He he's our Guillermo. If, if this is what we do in the shadows, <laughs> not you, Guillermo. <laughs> Are you sure he's not Colin Robinson? Oh yeah, you know what that fits better. Yeah, he sucks yeah. energy at everything. I yeah. Uh? Yes. Colin Guillermo, Robinson. you're not a vampire, Guillermo. Stop it. Oh, Nandor. Nandor. They all have great just, voices. They all have great yes, voices. Yes, they do. Oh. Um, all right. What you, cool. what you, uh, we've already rated. Okay, that's us. We've already rated. Now, now you get to talk about Joker, and then know. we can rate, and then tell us next, and then I can go take a nap. So if we can wrap this up. Snappy, 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 snappy. 
<laughs> I mean, don't 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 rush the Patreon, but also don't take your time. That's okay. what I need to say. Joker issue six, which is a Patreon book every month at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, one of the higher tiers is to make myself or Connor read a book, and uh, because a second patron also made me read an issue of Joker last month, I am now up to date and can do these for Patreon, but I can do them when they come out as well, which is a nice touch. So this is uh, this week's issue of Joker. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a shame going back to Gillen March, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> luckily, the story is, is still really solid and doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, this is an issue that kind of takes stock again of where we are and everything that's going on, but it does do a little bit of uh, explaining. So there's been kind of this mysterious family who have been hunting Joker along with the uh, the Bane uh, chick and uh, the others mm-hmm. that come after him. And this finally explains this. And I, I, I compared it to Texas Chainsaw because there was hints of the family that felt very Texas Chainsaw-esque. And sure enough, this flashback at the start shows that they are cannibals. It is very Texas Chainsaw. In fact, one of them even is holding a chainsaw <laughs> in the flashback although it's not the big dumb one who is more the the leather face adjacent you know because you know there's the, the, the other one who's like yelling at him and barking orders and so there's definitely parallels to like them but there's a victim that they're chasing after who they want to eat and they want to bring her back and she gets away and they're chasing after her and the one twist on the, the story here uh that's separate from texas chainsaw is that when they're hunting down this victim who gets away they actually find some oil on their land and they become rich. Like, you know, it cuts to present day and we oh, see, like, a, a framed newspaper. The Samson family uh, finds millions in their own backyard and uh, even the uncles refer to as Uncle Sawyer. And Sawyer is one of the names that is used in Texas Chainsaw. So uh, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not hiding its influence, uh, shall we say. Um, basically, uh, the brother, because uh, the brother and the sister got sent out to uh, track down Joker, the brother got injured uh, in the last issue, uh, the last present day issue. So he's now getting a mask. Um, they mention that. Uh, uh, hold on, what was the line? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, so I got my mask, a mask that Uncle Billy used to have. Isn't that nice? Um, so yeah, there's an implication that the big dumb guy was their leather face and had a mask. This isn't a leather face mask though, this is like a black glass mask with a yellow symbol mm-hmm. in the front, so it's very different, but, uh, I, you know, they, don't, they can't get sued <laughs> with this one, is my gotcha. thinking. Um, so yeah, it sets up that they're still coming after Joker, they're, they're hunting them down. Um, so Gordon's in Paris and he talks a lot in his narration about how he promised uh, his first wife Barbara that they were going to go to Paris for their honeymoon but there was a murder that was unsolved and he thought that the the boys at the station in Chicago were going to just like take a payoff and like some innocent kid from the wrong side of town was going to get blamed for it so he insisted on staying and they never went and he still kind of feels guilty about that um he gets into a fight with some local thugs he talks about how he feels out of place at the hotel because he goes to a really expensive hotel because again um you know his benefactor's paying for all this so he feels out of place he talks about how he always felt out of place when he was commissioner and he'd, he'd be invited to the you know the, the high society balls as commissioner and they always kind of like smirked at him in a way where it was like hey you're a guest here but you're not one of us you're here because of your position um but yeah he calls babs and ask for some updates. Um, she's going to like put some of her people onto some of the, uh, you know, the various threads that he's uncovered. They're looking for Joker. Uh, talk talks about how 
Uh, this Lady Bane's really suspicious. It's kind of weird that Santa Prisca was able to sort of basically create a new Bane out of this person. Right. And they're they're curious about how that actually works, and they're, they're, she's worried about that. She wants him to have more tech on him so she can survey him, and she's like, hey, I don't want you like following me the whole time. But yeah, she comes up with this plan. She's like, hey, Cressida's not really done anything. She's been really boring. Uh, I'm also concerned she's following me. She's so, but she says that in kind of code. I won't really get into the specifics of that. But... Um, says, hey, what if we uh, kind of lure her out by you saying you have to travel with a private jet somewhere and hopefully she'll make a move? He's like, okay, like, we'll give him the night to figure out, you know, where I'm going next. Uh, so, you know, kind of neat. But basically, Garn has decided that he needs to call in some of his own people. So he calls Billick, who's been trying to set up his own PI firm, <laughs> and uh, says, hey, I want to hire you. And he's like, wait, what? You want to hire me? I mean, I don't know, like, you know, I, I kind of need these first few cases to pay a lot of money. And Gordon's like, hey, it just so happens that I've, I have been funded for this. I'll pay you double whatever fee you were thinking of charging per day. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, all right. So he basically has him look into uh, this, you know, Texas Chainsaw family because um, basically all of the online stuff has been erased. Like, they've, you know, this family's paid everyone off to get rid of. Uh, the girl who escaped, it looked like she was paid off to accuse just the 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 sort of big dumb brother. Which I, I you know, the the important detail there is he's the one who got moved to Arkham Asylum and died in a day, which is why they're they're after the Joker. Mm. So that that, that explains a lot of that backstory. A lot of this is them sort of reassessing the case and who are these various parties that are chasing after it. Obviously, the woman from Santa Prisca is clearly because Bane died. That was always fairly obvious, although there's still some more details to learn about who she is exactly. Right. But um, as he's on the phone to Bullock, he hangs up and uh, some French police show up. Uh, I think Interpol specifically. And they're like, hey, we're taking you in. Because his fingerprints showed up at a, a, a murder scene. And he's like, that effing clown. Uh-oh. Because uh, you know, the last time we saw Joker, uh, Gordon had was tied up and joker like sort of left him alone uh to play the game but yeah he, he obviously had his fingerprints and has put his fingerprints all over a murder scene that joker's uh at a lab uh somewhere and basically says okay well let's go we have to go somewhere and the final page is just joker watching from a rooftop this is clearly something he's intentionally set up so we don't know what he's up to so this was very much a setup issue, but I actually really liked them like establishing more details about who all these other characters are who are chasing Joker, because it's really building a supporting cast. It's really building like all of these things moving at the same time. Still digging the relationship between Barbara and Gordon. At one point, Barbara says that she's going to have to like send one of her friends in person to like help her hack the Pentagon so she can get in, because she said that once Oracle's like existence was made public again, all of the security like industries and like uh spy organizations around the world all like tripled the security uh like online so she's going to have to break into the pentagon with some like someone in person and garden's like i don't think i should be hearing about this <laughs> like he doesn't want to know about it he's like no but so it, them working together and him knowing she's oracle is still really interesting to play with uh so still still digging it uh gillen marchar is gillen marchar i'm not going to right. spend too much time on do it nothing about um, that Obviously, it's a shame because that that flashback issue last time was so good. Uh, but the main <laughs> story is still fun, and it's still a garden book. Joker's in one panel. 
<laughs> he's in one part. This is a, this is a Jim Gordon book, and it is a really well told story. So uh, I am going to give this issue a seven point five. Um, I'm just not yeah. going higher because of the art. Um, but knowing that that annual's coming up with the Frank Villa art is really exciting. So I'm I'm pleased by that. So, uh, yeah, this is a, a solid solid issue in the in the run. Uh, the backup though. Uh, which is basically Harper gets herself thrown in prison because she wants to uh, try. So, so the the character who I didn't really know about the end of the last issue and the backup, which I complained about, uh, it turns out she's got like she's like a witness who can like testify or give evidence for uh, punchline. So Harper mm-hmm. wants to get into the prison to go find her, and basically tries to like not getting noticed by Punchline. Punchline immediately says, hey, you, newbie, come over here. And she's like, does she know who I am? Is she playing dumb? Has she made me? And that mystery goes on for a couple of pages. But then she flat out reveals, do you really think I wouldn't notice those, like, crappy, like, added tattoos that you don't actually have? Um, I know who you are. I know who your brother is. Uh, and it becomes this kind of, kind of moment where a fight breaks out. Um... Harper goes running to try and find this girl that she's looking for. Harper had someone record this on the on her cell phone, and it looks quite bad because it looks like Harper attacked her. So this is going to be used to, you know, to it's going to be spread online to make Harper look like she's been attacked in the prison, that she is a good prisoner who's playing by the rules, and that other people are trying to kill her. Um, the final page is her brother and his like sort of new friend slash boyfriend who is saying, hey, look at this on TV, or look at this on my phone. Like, she's been attacked by people. This is, like, this is crappy. We have to do something about this. Like, she's innocent, and she's been attacked by people. And he says, bad people. And I'm not, like, I I, I think the implication is he probably recognizes his sister in this moment, and that's kind of the mm-hmm. cliffhanger. So, it's better than last issue. It was easier to follow this back up. Uh, I still like the art very much, and... Like, I like it for having more Harper stories, but it does feel a little bit less interesting than the main story. Like, I'm really into the Gordon stuff. I'm really into Barbara. I'm really into all these other characters hunting the Joker. The backup feels a little bit ancillary at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's a Patreon book, I'm going to keep reading it because, I, you know, it's a Patreon book, so I should I should read the whole thing. If it wasn't right. a Patreon book, I'd probably just not read the backup. But, you know, uh, whatever. It's okay. It's like a six. Well, 5.5. There you go. <laughs> it's okay. And poor Matt is yawning a storm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I cannot. This has gone way too long. Well, and, it was a, uh, it was a solicit speak. It, it, you yes, know, I know. It, it was bound to. I know. But luckily, I'm about to put you out of your misery. Is that part yeah. of the show where we pick our favorites of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, top five, favorite art, all that stuff? Matt, what's your moment slash panel of the week? All right. So I do want to point out in, uh, the, in Infinite Frontier, where where they have all of the multiversal threats, mm-hmm. uh, I that page really, really, but it's gonna be from Rorschach, and it's gonna be when he gets shot by Myerson, and falls backward, and his face is gone, and there's a red blotch, um, and it makes a Rorschach mask, so so good. Yeah, um, I don't know what my pick is actually. Uh, obviously there's tons of great things in Rorschach that could could be. Done. I love that gunshot moment in Infinite Frontier. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I could pick from 
even all the bat family shown up in the in the redhead story in urban legends was good but i think just to be different i'm going to not go with rorschach and i'll pick uh, the reveal of the classic batman suit in detective comics uh, as a really fun moment one. yeah good art fun moment yeah. um a different vibe to rorschach just from mm-hmm. you know variants uh, all right cover of the week uh what you what you got um i really like the rorschach main cover that one's good but i'm gonna give it to infinite frontier with the garrett's cover it's got Flashpoint, Batman, President Superman. Um, I like it a lot. It looks nice. That is a nice cover. Uh, the main Rorschach cover is good because it, it, it is like our detective character like lifting up his shirt to reveal mm-hmm. basically like a Rorschach-style right. skin, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably it, it was the cover that was the most exciting to look at, and it's also really nice art, so I'm going to be boring and pick mm-hmm. that. Uh, but... Um, I will point out that the uh, Black Canary, Canary uh, variant for Urban Legends is pretty good. Um, oh. I don't know who did that. It looks like a, maybe an art germ or some, someone like an art germ. Actually. Uh, I don't think it is actually art germ, but it's, it's like an art germ. But uh, yeah, so there you go, cover. Uh, okay, what's your favorite art of the week? Well, I want to shout out to Samora. Samora's really, really good. Yeah, Samora's but fantastic. Uh, Fornes for Rorschach. I can't I'm, not. I'm basically saying the same thing. Shout out to Mora because it is phenomenal, yep. but yeah, <laughs> like for Fornes on Rorschach this, this is just exceptional this week. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right, top five, Matt, or four in your um, or three in your case. You had three books. <laughs> yeah, Rorschach, Tech, and Infinite Frontier. Hey, at least it was three great books of varying yeah. degrees. So you can't argue that much with that. Um, I'm gonna go Rorschach number one as well. I will go Detective number two. Uh, and then for number three, I will go. Um, hmm. I'll go Urban Legends overall because I really like the first and last story and mm-hmm. dug them both in different ways. I'll go Joker at number four, and then uh, number five, I guess. I am Batman. Yeah, issue zero is better than. Uh, Batman 89, I would say, so. Okay. Ah, there you go. There you go, yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you what's coming next week. Uh, that is, uh, what is next? So let's see how big next week is, Matt. Uh, we got The Flash 773. We got Nightwing 83. That's exciting. Uh, Batman Catwoman issue 6. Oh, nice to finally have that back. Uh, we have Catwoman 34. Superman and the Authority issue 2. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll probably read it, but I'm, I'm not feeling super enthusiastic about it. Uh, Supergirl, Women of Tomorrow, issue 3, I am uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to. Uh, Legend of the Dark Knight, issue 4. Superman, Red and Blue, issue 6. Blue and Gold, issue 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Matt's going to read that one, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's, it's on the list. It's on my pull list, yeah. but we'll we'll see if I get to it. Uh, Shazam, so. issue 2. Batman, Secret Fails, Clown Hunter, issue 1. Truth and Justice, issue 7. And Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? 111. Uh, so it's actually not a super busy week. It's just kind of a normal, normalish amount. But uh, I'm really looking forward to Nightwing, Catwoman, um, kind of Flash as well. Actually, at this point, since it's become just a proper Wally West book. So, uh, and then Supergirl is really exciting too. So, yeah, there's good stuff next week. So nice. Um, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Not Stanley. Uh, Stanley? 
So thank you to you guys. You can, of course, support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. At the $5 tier in particular, you get the show a day early. You get it sometime late on a Saturday whenever it's done and out of the oven, you get it straight away uh, versus the usual time on the Sunday. So uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested in all that stuff. You can support us for free, though, by simply hitting the like button, subscribing, commenting, dinging the bell on YouTube. All those things help the YouTube out a lot. Uh, you can review the podcast and give us five stars uh, on iTunes, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcast from. Um, that does help spread the show out as well. And of course, follow us on DC Comics, uh, or sorry, at DC Comics Podcast on Twitter. You can share us out on Twitter, share us out on social media, or share us with your friends uh, via, via mm-hmm. you know, pigeon carrier or whatever you want to do it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Send a, send a raven. Either way is fine. Uh, but you know, sp- share the love, spread the love, and do all that stuff. Uh, but yes, that is us. So I will let Matt go and get some sleep as he has been clearly struggling yeah. for the last ten minutes. Uh, yeah, buddy. Thank you very much for joining us. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Bang a ring.